Look, Mr. Fox. Yes, sir. If you're uncomfortable. Mr. Wayne, you don't want to tell me exactly what you're doing. When I'm asked, I don't have to lie. But don't think of me as an idiot. Fair enough. What's that? Tumbler? Oh, you wouldn't be interested in that. <laughs> she was built as a ranging vehicle. During combat, two of these would jump over a river towing cables. And over here on the throttle, flip that open and throttle up. This will boost you into a rampless jump. Could get the Gundam bridge to work, but this baby works just fine. So, what do you think? Does it come in black? Welcome back to Gundam at MAHQ. This is one of your hosts, Neo, and uh, always I'm joined with, um, uh, joining me is Soulbro and Chris. Guys, say hello to the fine folks out there. What's up, gang? I hate you all. (laughs) (laughs) Such such hatred. If only there was a podcast about hate. (laughs) One of these days. But uh, th- this is episode 106, and in this episode, we're going to be doing um, our review of episode 5 of Gundam Unicorn. Yes, it's back. You know, it's, o- it's only been a year, so it's back. Or actually, like six <laughs> oh months or so. <laughs> the show that will never die. It, it, the, 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 the show that's uh, very short episode count, but it's going to be um, with us for the next three or four years, it seems like. So... Mm-hmm. And uh, our second topic is going to be a uh, listener-submitted topic, and it's from Yokozuna Bulldozer. And it is, uh, what, fantasy mechas, what fantasy mecha shows did it right and what fantasy mecha shows didn't do it right? So um, I'm sure that's going to be some good stuff there. So, guys, anything else before we get into the news? No, I'm good. Chris? Don't Any... let Jesus have your heroin. <laughs> Those are li- words to live by. So, uh, all right. Well, we're going to go into some Neo's Listener Submitted News articles, which you can always post on the Neo's Listener Submitted News articles thread in the Gundam section of the Mecha Talk forum. And uh, before I begin, um, uh, just just a little housekeeping thing here. Um, I... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I appreciate when people uh, post articles, and I know that you guys do the little uh, summarizations at the beginning. But I do like to uh, verify the articles because I am a um, I am a top journalist, and we do like to check the facts. And uh, it's kind of hard when you give a, give me a website that's in um, Japanese because um, well, it's very well known that I can't speak Japanese, and it's very well. Was it now? 
Because <laughs> you had me fooled. <laughs> and now it's known that I can't read it either. So, uh, you know, try to get something, do a super translation program or something like that. It's just something that'll make it a little bit easier for me. So, because I don't want to give out ill-informed news. No, no, no. But better, better to, to run through some translator to give us uh, news of super cancer dam. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but the first one here is from Burt Man 4. And uh, this is coming from the Rocket, Rocket News 24 website. And uh, this is a little bizarre, but there is a... Um, there's a there's a tofu thing of the zaku head of shar zaku head. Um, oh, if you click the link here, yeah, it's um it's now being offered. It's called zaku tofu. Oh no way! Uh, it's not just a piece of publicity, but it's a very respectable tofu product made by a company that's devoted to creating quality tofu for over sixty years. Yes. Nice. Does it uh, go through your digestive system three times faster? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I think that would be curry flavored. <laughs> so you'll run to the toilet three times faster. <laughs> you go through a roll of toilet tissue three times faster. <laughs> but uh, yeah, definitely check that out. It's kind of it's very detailed looking uh, zaku head made um, of tofu. So that is uh, that's some good stuff there. And uh, thank you, Mister Burtman, for for your submission. And uh, the next one here is from Wilder. Is Wilder, is he a criminally, uh, he's not an Australian criminal, is he? I, for whatever reason, I'm thinking he's an Australian criminal. Or I don't know, I just, but I don't trust that guy. Yeah. Oh. Or am I just seeing everybody as like an Australian criminal now? <laughs> Maybe understand. you just think of everyone as a criminal, period. Maybe. Because they are. This is old <laughs> news. Um, God, it's a show that we've never talked, I don't I think we've ever talked about this show at and I'm surprised we haven't. Uh, Giant Robo? I don't think we've ever reviewed that show, have we? No, I don't think so. Uh, not at oh, all. Too. Yeah, that's a great show. But this is coming from uh, one of Chris's great, uh, one of his most respected news sites, the Anime News Network. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, it, it's like, God, it's like reading poetry sometimes, these articles, isn't it? I mean, it's just, it must make you jealous at times to see the journalistic skills of these people. Hmm. Yes. So... So jelly. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they're going to be releasing uh, Giant Robo on a Blu-ray, dot, uh, Blu-ray disc box set that includes an English dub, according to Amazon's uh, J- Japanese uh, website. Ooh. And it's going to be set for release on October 26th for a retail price of 41,790 yen, or about uh, 527 U.S. dollars. Oh my God! I like sure, that. I have no problem paying that for a seven-episode OVA. Yes. What? Well, it includes the, the seven-episode four-disc, the remastered in high definition, along with a, a soundtrack. And does that feature- at least include the uh, the Ginray side story OVA? You know, Ginray better do me for five hundred and twenty-seven dollars. <laughs> I mean, no shit. I mean, but uh, it's got a bunch of other crap, but not. But does what- it? Hmm. Does it include that OVA? Um, no, I don't. You're prepared for this kind of stuff here. (laughs) All right. Well, hold on. When did Bombay become Mumbai? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. When did Calcutta become Kolkata? (laughs) I'm channeling my inner Larry King right now. Were you? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) What's your job, Barack Obama? What am I here for? (laughs) Who am I? 
What's the Dodgers game? Uh, yeah, no, I don't it's see that. First. It doesn't. No, it doesn't mention anything about the Ginray OVA. Huh? It's got a bunch of music crap, but um, and some footage from Super Robot Wars uh, Alpha '64, the PlayStation Two games promotional video. Now you can put all that crap on there, but you can't put the Ginray OVA. That's that's kind, that's kind of foolish. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, definitely uh, check that out. Um, thank you, Mr. Wilder, uh, for your submission. And, um, oh, the next one here is from Kaon73. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I saw some of the footage of this. Uh, Chris, I'm, I'm sure you have, too. Uh, this is uh, coming from uh, a link on the Huffington Post. Look at this. That site's... That's, oh, Huffington that's, Post. I'm there every damn day. That, that site's... Uh, um, that's uh, it's doomed now that I'm I'm doing this. No, I, well, I love watching them reblog every single thing from every other website ever. Well, they they reblogged the the news of uh, the footage of Pacific Rim being debuted mm-hmm. at Comic Con. So uh, that's some exciting stuff, uh, Chris. What, what what would you say about uh, Pacific Rim? Well, if if you could uh, do it in a few words, what what, what, what could you think about what this uh, upcoming movie is well excite excite <laughs> okay <laughs> maybe excite bike so possibly mm. i might be on an excite bike on my way to see this movie nice it's got that cool british black guy right the um Idris Elba. you don't yes, know Elba. and it's Mess with luther and if it, nobody's heard about movie, stringer bell it's uh <laughs> it's pretty awesome it's People in Mecca fighting, fighting kaiju that are called kaiju, and um, yes, uh, I'm excited because um, I like giant robots and I like giant monsters from the sea, and when you put them together, it only spells awesome. That's it. it. Um, <laughs> it's going uh, 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 to be directed by Guillermo del Toro, who's mm-hmm. done such things as like uh, Pan's Labyrinth and. A whole bunch of other crap. I'm sure Chris Zolbro could recite his resume to us. <laughs> well, I, I will say this: I, I just I was watching a little bit of uh, I was watch uh, on my DVR, you know, the all important oh, yes, Zolbro yes. DVR. Mm-hmm. I had uh, Comic Con coverage on there, and I finally got to watching it. And I saw an interview where they talked to Guillermo del Toro and some of the cast of the movie. Ron Perlman and Charlie Charlie Hunnam from uh, Sons of Anarchy are both in it. Um, so is uh, Charlie Day from. Uh, it's always sunny in California. It's always sunny in uh, <laughs> Philadelphia. Sporting. And, uh, it's sunny here. <laughs> it's, 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 it's always sunny in California, the uh, sister production to An Englishman in King Arthur's Court. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. I, I'm, get, I'm, get, I'm, getting, um, I'm getting a little Tony, Tony, Tony uh, mixed up in my, uh, in my FX comedies. <laughs> but, yeah, um, there, he's also in it. Uh, a, a Japanese actress named... Uh, Rinko Kikuchi, she's also in it, and she's well, the first the first Japanese actress to ever be nominated for a uh, an Oscar in fifty years. I forget what movie it was for. It might have been for. I, I honestly, I'm not gonna even make up what it could be for. But uh, she was previous nominated for an Oscar, so um, she's in there. She's the pilot of the of the Mecca in the movie, and um, they were they were going into some details about it. But it was it sounds very interesting. Figures it would take an American movie directed by a Mexican guy. <laughs> to have a female lead pilot, <laughs> a, a Japanese woman as the hero of a, of a mecha story. 
Uh, I'm really impressed with this cast, man. I can't wait to see this movie. Not because it's only, but not not because of the kaiju angle or the super Screw robot the angle. Ass, dude. But, it's man, freaking. It's kaiju and mecha. Yeah, well, I'm just saying that that, that, that that I was already sold, but to hear it has such a great cast, and I was like, damn, man, this movie keeps sounding better and better with every bit of news being dropped for it. So, yeah. man, I can't wait to see this joint. Kaiju it's be and awesome. mecha. This is just oh my god. I mean, I know they also talked about there's going to be a new uh, Godzilla film coming out because there hasn't been Godzilla in like 10 years. That's true. Because they, what was it, they got pissed or they just said, screw it, we're not going to do this for 10 years, Rich. <laughs> so, man, that's some good stuff. So uh, thank you, Mr. Kaon73, uh, for your submission. Um, oh, man, this it just gets even better. Better news here. Mechton GM. Oh, man. This is some good stuff here. This is coming from the rightstuff.com website. Oh, my gosh. This is, this is it, man. I feel the sugar going through my veins right now. <laughs> I already have this show, but I might just buy it just because it's, it just, I need to watch it again. Um, Media Blasters is going to be re-releasing Cal Kygar. Oh, my God. Seasons 1 and 2 for uh, box set and pre-orders available. Oh, yes. Yeah, I'm gonna have to jump on that because I really want to own that show. Is if Hell you, yes. oh, you're getting excommunicated from Gundam. <laughs> <laughs> Pope Pope Gundam the Fourth will <laughs> excommunicate you. <laughs> but no, I, I do. No, I, I would, show. I, you're not gonna get excommunicated. So with <laughs> no no emails from everybody saying, "I'll I'll replace them, bro." <laughs> Because we know people, we know people apparently are are hunting for your job. Uh, anybody can do it. <laughs> there is a there is a huge target on the back of this on the back of Zolbro's back. <laughs> but people, uh, people think that you're you're the easy one to cap. No. <laughs> it's, uh, it's you're the be, weak link. It's going to be for an October November 2012 release date. So mm-hmm. we'll definitely update. Um, uh, you know, once they get kind of more of a concrete thing and and i would definitely uh, suggest anyone if uh, you have the opportunity to buy this show hey speaking of old anime on right stuff i got some some breaking news live oh, up man hold on hold on Snap. wait Woo. we have a thing here it's uh chris guanche and the miami uh miami bureau i think we have some breaking news chris are you there yes uh it's it's really storming over here. I've I've got lawn chairs just being tossed at me by the wind. Oh my God! The boats are capsizing. Oh, the humanity! What are you? Uh, what are you? Uh, this that guy Jim Cantori on the the Weather Channel. Every time there's a hurricane, oh, yes. you can see there's water and wind. Okay, that's what a hurricane is, isn't it? <laughs> but, anyway. Um, they have up on right stuff and presumably some other online uh, sources the um, pre-order for a Fafner Blu-ray collection. Oh, what? Shoot! Oh, oh my God! Yes. We're talking. Okay, let me get this straight. We just have breaking news of this. We talked about a freaking movie, a previous article about kaiju and mecha battling it out with um, cool British black guy and Japanese woman as pilot. My God, mm-hmm. this thing can't get any better. <laughs> the only way this could get better is if uh, Sir Bay came and knocked on my door. Oh. <laughs> One of these days. Oh. <laughs> I, would, uh, I would like to credit uh, on our Gundam Facebook group, uh, Flame X was the one who posted that little yeah. bit of, of news. So uh, let's see here. It's on, oh, it's on, it's on Amazon, too. And uh, 
You can you can pre-order it for uh, $41. Oh, my this God. This is the, the complete series. It's a Blu-ray DVD combo pack, so it's both. Oh, my God. Yes, and it comes out September 18th. Oh, shit. Out. That's awesome news. Yes. I, that's, that's really all. affordable too. Yes. If you missed, if you missed those ridiculously expensive uh, box sets from Genion back uh-huh. in the day on DVD, then uh, this might be the one to pick up. Then. Oh, I, I, did, I did miss them. I unfortunately spent money on them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. on, a side, a- on a side note, my Genion collection will now be available on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I expect for an for an older show. Like this, especially since it's a license rescue, it's probably going to be an upscale, but it's so damn cheap. Who cares? Yeah, for I mean, for a Blu-ray with all those episodes on it, man. I don't, and I, and the DVDs too, so yeah. you cannot go wrong with uh, a little pack like that. So pre-order it there, and of course with Amazon, um, if you pre-order it early, if the price goes up, you get locked in on whatever price you pre-ordered it at. Yeah, that's and of course, uh, if you guys want to be a pal, uh, it wouldn't hurt if you pre-ordered it by going through a link first on MHQ. There done. you go. There you go. Just saying. You know. Google Analytics. <laughs> Be a pal and help us out. Amazon. Awesome. Awesome. Damn straight. Yeah, that's that's some great breaking news here. And if news only gets better. This is from Gundam Type Zero. How uh, could things possibly get any better? Oh. <laughs> Please tell me. There is a life-size scope dog made out of paper. Yes. How freaking cool is this? Technology, son. <laughs> is that how Shiriko can destroy so many because they're made of paper? Pretty much. <laughs> We've now found the reason why he went through Tech 3 and, and Votobes. It is because they were made out of paper. <laughs> it makes sense. Uh, it's pretty cool, though. I mean, um, yeah, it wouldn't work too well in a battle, but it definitely is pretty cool. Um, check out the link here that uh, Mr. Gundam Type Zero has. It's on uh, the Anime News Network. Oh, man. And the news just got bad. And oh, no. uh, I've... KO on 73 starts off his post with, Neo, time to clutch those robot tomes even tighter. Believe me. <laughs> I don't know if I could clutch these any tighter. If you clutch them any tighter, they would just... <laughs> fall apart from the pretty from much the <laughs> I need to be able to read them <laughs> when the day comes but uh he's uh he's talking about how um a laser could keep a military drone flying forever oh this is not good this is from yahoo uh so they're about to go down too since i'm quoting from this website <laughs> <laughs> CEO, <laughs> but it's kind of hey, cool. You know, you you work for the government, so when the machines turn, you'll be the first casualty because you'll be right there at ground zero. <laughs> that is true. I know. Yeah, be, they'll be the we're the ones that they'll be like, oh, they are. They, they should be off this earth. They're they're actually like, a, like a Terminator Three when Skynet takes over and starts killing all those people there in that base. You're you're one of those guys. All You're going to be random there. guy number two. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully they do me like the little girl in uh, A Day On, make it quick, where it just blows my head off. <laughs> or maybe luckily it'll be on your <laughs> on a day off. Yeah. <laughs> I took some annual leave that day. <laughs> yes. Uh, no, this is kind of cool, though. It's a silent drone that's flown by the U.S. Special Forces. Uh, it can stay in air in theory, um, 
because the power supply is beamed from a laser uh, from the ground. So I guess as long as it's in line with this laser and it's able to um, get its power system recharged, it can stay up there forever. But it sounds uh, to me kind of like the uh, old Minerva there and the uh, the impulse. Yeah, pretty much. So um, I wonder if they'll have a, a guy with red eyes. <laughs> well, if you see a guy with red eyes show up to work one day, get, go the other direction. Yeah, I gotta go. I gotta, I'm going home sick today. <laughs> Don't. If you see him like clutching creepily a little pink cell phone, then just just go the other direction. Yeah. Don't mention orb. Or, or anything. Yeah, it's um, this is uh, this this power supply is actually made by a company that won the uh, NASA's space elevator contest. So, space elevator. Yeah. So oh. if, now now they're gonna come bringing GN drives too. Uh, <laughs> it's all just going to hell. Maybe this is a GN drive. Who knows? But uh, thank you, Mr. Kaon73, and yes, the, um, the tomes are being held a little bit tighter today. So uh, thank you for that. Um, okay, uh, the next one here comes from The Gatekeeper, and this is uh, coming from the Anime News Network. And um, hmm, I don't know how you guys feel about this, but there's going to be um, some changes to... Uh, the Blu-ray release of Daryl. Chris, oh. I'm sure you have some opinion on this. I guess there's going to be some uh, altered shots and some retakes as part of the restoration. So, um, Well, uh, if, if you guys want, I, I don't know much more than what I've read. The, yeah, the basic okay. report is that um, some of the uh, fine folks over at Macross World uh, were overseas and saw the screening of this movie. Mm-hmm. And there were some cuts to some of the uh, the mega violence. Mm-hmm. Like, remember the part uh, at the end when they have the final battle and uh, that dude gets his head cut off? Yeah. Yeah. Gone. Oh. oh. Yeah. I, when I, I was I was having a little bit, huh? Wow. So yeah, <laughs> some of these some of these like uh, crazy violence scenes have been removed. So I don't know. Uh, I don't know the specifics of how many scenes in total, and it's also unknown if that version that was shown there is the version that's going to be on on this Blu-ray. But um, you know, I wasn't going to buy this anyway because it's ridiculously expensive and not subtitled. Mm-hmm. But if on top of that it has any edits of any kind at all, that makes it even more useless to me. Yeah, mm. it's not quite the movie that you've loved over these years. Yeah. And yeah. and to see it get um to, to edit it in any way and and no give no reason given except for yeah. to make it less violent. It's like really, I mean, yeah. it's a it's a product of its day. Why tamper with it? I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna touch up the footage and make it look better, I'm all for it. But if you're gonna take out stuff or or pussify it, I mean, what's the point? I mean, people already know what the movie's about. It's been around for but, damn near. But I always intended to have Jabba there. What? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't even care if it's just a few seconds of throwaway violence. It's there's no reason for it to be cut, especially, you know, that shot of, of Headless Guy, because that is just iconic yeah. and hilarious. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, I, I was actually, uh, I, um, shout outs to uh, the, fun, the, the, Gundam, the Gundam fan chat. I was, um, I was, I was invited as a guest to, to be, as part, be a part of the fan chat, and um, they brought this up to me. I didn't even know the news had broke at the time we recorded. 
um, when they told me this, I, I couldn't believe it. They were running down the list of all the uh, all the things that were changing that were at least known of and uh, are to, uh, what have changed in the, in this release. And I was flabbergasted. I was I was I was a little I was a little beside myself. I I, I don't I didn't see the point of it. No, no, neither did anyone else in the in the chat there. So um, when you were beside to, yourself, what did you say to yourself? <laughs> I said I said what the f man. <laughs> What are these? What are these cats doing in Japan, man? Why? Why are they changing such a beautiful movie uh, to be less than uh, what it is? I, I don't know. I mean, at, at the end of the day, maybe they're trying to reintroduce it to other audiences. Is, uh, is Studio New now a subsidiary of Lucasfilm? <laughs> maybe. Oh, 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 as he, call him? As well, he extended his reach. It's unfortunate that this chopped up, edited well. Maybe chopped up is overdoing it, but uh, mm-hmm. this edited version is coming out, and uh, you know we had. Uh, a while back, the passing of the co-director of the movie, Noboru Ishiguro. So, yeah. wonder what he would have said were he still around. I think he would have liked it one bit, not one bit. <laughs> yeah. But uh, who knows? Maybe, maybe he uh, he was uh, maybe it was because of his suggestions that it happened. Who knows? But uh, hopefully, or maybe it's crazy Kawamori. It could be. He is a bit uh, he's a bit fickle sometimes. So, who knows? Okay. So, uh, thank you for that submission, the gatekeeper. And the last one here is from um, man. This is uh, one of uh, one of uh, Australia's finest criminals, Bent Noir. <laughs> um, and uh, he's actually got a link here it's on Crunchyroll, and this is kind of cool. And check out his link. It's um, showing a collage of Mecca through the year, and they have a first collage of showing it like uh, the beginning through the 70s. There's like 41 Meccas featured, uh, the 80s, there's 83 featured, 83 featured, the 90s, 110, and then the 2000s, 100, and then uh, from 2010 to 2012, 36 featured. And uh, then there's one that shows it throughout the history. There's 400 featured. And it's almost like one of those, um, the, the, the one throughout history is almost looks like one of the, remember those paintings that people used to have where you stare at them and you have to stare at them for a while to see the picture? That's what it yeah. kind of looks like because there's so much <laughs> crap here. But uh, it's definitely pretty cool, though, especially the ones throughout the, um, you know, th- throughout the decades. And you can see how, uh, things have changed and um, how things have kind of gone back to what they began at. So uh, definitely check that out. And um, thank you, Mr. Ventoir, for your submission. Um, and always remember, if you have any news articles you'd like to submit, just go to the Neos Listener Submitted News Articles thread in the Gundam section of the Mecha Talk forum. Chris and Solva, before we go into Gundam Unicorn, is there anything else? that you guys need to say talk about soul bro um is there something useless you need to say chris <laughs> something scathing you need to say at soul bro for saying something useless anything i'm sure we'll get to that <laughs> somewhere along the way uh, no I'm, I'm i'm good to go man i'm ready to talk about the adventures of uh ben- man let's do it there you Burp. go all right well, oh. we'll be back with our first topic, Gundam, Gundam Unicorn. Gundam what? Unicorn? <laughs> no, that was episode four. That wasn't episode five. Is that, is that the new spinoff podcast? <laughs> yes. Is that our new uh, My Little Pony podcast? <laughs> Gundam Unicorn. But, uh, if it is, we'll be... I, know, I know at least Eggman would listen to it. Oh, yeah. All day. There you go. 
Um, but yes, uh, we'll be back with our first topic, episode five of Gundam Unicorn. You're listening to Gundam at MHQ. What did the anime addicts say when asked who would win in a battle between a magical girl and a team of Pokemon? Who doesn't want to spin around, glow, and have all their clothes fly off? Anime. The battle stops when you do it. You don't have to worry about getting shot. Like, no one ever thinks, oh my god, she's changing. Quick, shoot her. Addicts. First of all, I would say that my Pokemon would not be enticed by your nakedness. 12-year-old breasts and ass are not going to entice my Charmander. Anonymous. I'm eating a sandwich (laughs) calling my bookie because I just stomped your ass. Podcast. Visit the Anime Addicts at www.aaapodcast.com and iTunes. I can't believe Game & Morphin gave Gears of War 3 a 9.4. Ugh, those guys have rocks in their head. It clearly deserves at least a 9.6. Bro, why do you even care? Modern Warfare 3 is a far superior game in every way. You guys are still playing with your consoles? Please fully immerse yourself in true PC gaming. <laughs> Are you sick of nerd ragers making you feel like your games don't matter? Or do you feel like professional game magazines have sold out and only cover major releases? Sure you are, so join us here at secondopiniongames.com and let us make your video game conversations fun again. Our main podcast focuses on all gaming news big and small. And don't forget our other podcasts where we talk about video game collecting, fighting games, the best games you never played, and other just mindless and mindful ramblings that entail what our main focus is. Let us be your first stop and second opinion. So stop by secondopiniongames.com. You can also find us on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Don't hate me for trying to shoot you. Frankly, Scarlet, I didn't give a gun damn. Gundam at MHQ. This is Chris, and we're here to talk about some uh, 
Gundam, not not age, rage, sage, garbage this time. <laughs> <laughs> now we're going to that other long-running uh, entry in Gundam Dum. Unicorn! Oh man, those those Gundam unicorns, man. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all about peace and friendship and magic. I hate them all. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Top anyway. of the toilet. Time for the Twilight Sparkle Custom. <laughs> anyway, we're talking episode five of Unicorn in this episode, which we weren't in much of a hurry to review when it came out because, as uh, has been made clear, it's the only episode of Unicorn for this year, so it's not like there's a rush. Yeah, it's not like uh, Sunrise is not in a hurry to get them to us, so uh, we're not in a hurry to review them. <laughs> it's not like we have that backlog we gotta we gotta yeah. tap into. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so, episode five, The Black Unicorn. So, basically, we start off right where episode four left off with uh, Black Unicorn crashing the party, messing everything up. Benajer gets captured and taken to the Rock Hylum, where he has uh, some interesting conversations with Bright, who um, pretty much instantly uh, sides with Benajer, I guess, from his experience with... Um, unruly teenagers and Gundams, he knows which horse to bet on. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I mean, A little experience there. <clears throat> and when weighing corrupt, corrupt uh, Federation versus idealistic Gundam kid, he, he knows which way to go. Forget logic. <laughs> Let's just go with my gut. <laughs> yes. He, he's already learned the hard way with these damn Gundam kids. Mm-hmm. So... Bright's helping him out and coordinating stuff because the Foundation is working uh, ever so closely now with the Federation to uh, get back the key to the box, which of course is the Unicorn, and to make sure that the secret never gets out. So you've got uh, nasty old Martha. She's on the Garuda, the original Garuda, the predecessor to the uh, the beloved Adhumla from Zeta Gundam. Mm-hmm. And she's got uh, Mineva there and is trying to use her to get Banajer's um, assistance in uh, giving out the cordons from the La Plus program. So as part of all of this, the um, Unicorn Gundam is going to be transferred to the Garuda. But during uh, mid-air transit, a battle breaks out because the Garan Sierra's attacks in a nice little attack that they've coordinated with Bright with the help of Beltor Chica and Kai. Yes, indeed. So you've got this uh, high-altitude battle between the two unicorns. Uh, Riddy gets his crap smashed to pieces. <laughs> I think it's butthurt. Very, very butthurt. Very. Uh, Zinnerman goes ultra James Bond, slinging around on, on hook lines and getting <laughs> onto the Garuda and uh, solid sneaking his way down to the hangar and throwing around smoke bombs and shooting at people. Mm-hmm. Like man, this guy, this guy gets around pretty well for a fat old guy. No doubt, man. He's rock, he's rocking Skyhook like Batman. <laughs> so you have all of this uh, mess happening, and uh, Riddy um, is trying to rescue Madame and says, "Come hang out with me. I'll I'll protect you and this broken system." And she's like, "Nah, I'm just gonna GTFO." So she jumps out of the plane, <laughs> weighing her alternatives. Yes. She would rather jump out of a plane without a parachute than be rescued by this chump. So she does so and is rescued by Benajer in a scene uh, that somewhat mirrors 
the same thing that happened in the first episode. No doubt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess she likes jumping out of things and falling through high altitudes knowing that this, this kid's always going to be there to catch her. Apparently someone's been watching Macross. <laughs> no, someone's been watching uh, Point Break. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Swayze. <laughs> Dearly departed. Oh. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, <laughs> it only takes one appropriately timed woe to ruin everything. Segment derailed. Sorry. <laughs> okay, guys, that's it. Segment's over. You're listening. <laughs> Just read Chris's review on MHQ.net. <laughs> okay. Anyway, <laughs> this is almost as bad as uh, the discussion last episode of a certain captain. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Natora, and she'll forever remain that way. <laughs> Learned your lesson, didn't you? I did, man. It's burned into my brain. Yes. All right. So anyway, anyway, mm-hmm. after all of this craziness happens with. Uh, Whenever being rescued and uh, Black Unicorn going crazy, uh, Benaja and Zitterman get Marita to remember who she really is, that uh, she's not uh, Pool 12 as she's been reconditioned by the Foundation. So she drops out of the Banshee and um, they head over to the Garan Sierras and uh, in a feat of new type strength uh Benager takes key masters the the destroy mode and he turns it to pretty gn particle green mm-hmm. and he pulls the garn sierras uh out of orbit i mean out of the atmosphere into orbit where they meet up with the nail argama under bright's orders and unfortunately immediately come under attack from the uh general rebel which is a very nasty dogos gear class ship Ooh. yeah but thankfully, uh, there's a well-timed arrival-slash-silent cameo by Full Frontal and Angelo. Oh, yeah. Who just tear everything apart. And uh, Angelo very very classily uh, bows and moves aside as, after he whoops everybody. <laughs> and the episode ends with the cliffhanger of Full Frontal firing his bazooka at the General Rebel. Man. So, Sobro, what were your comments on this episode, Unicorn? This episode's wow. It, it, it was, uh, I'd say, an improvement from the last one, <laughs> without a doubt. Um, I, think, I think we probably would all agree on that point. <laughs> that didn't take much. Very fast-paced, a whole lot of fan service for those who are like longtime UC fans, too, man. Um, just the involvement of Bright. Even seeing uh, the little picture of Amaro on the wall in his office as he's talking to him, as if you know, maybe he could start. A, he could start up his own show called Conver- Conversations with Amaro, <laughs> where it's just him talking to that picture in his office. But um, it was nice to see Bright and his involvement with uh, Benazir and um, actually uh, helping him out to, to get Audrey back. Um, also seeing Kai in the, in the little two to three minutes where he's talking with Zinnerman and um, helping to facilitate his side of the plan. And um, Bill Torchka was the one character I did not expect to see. I didn't expect to see her at all. And for her to, to when she popped onto the screen onto Bright's computer, it was a real treat to finally see her involved because um, she had been so left out of uh, Shar's counterattack. We've gone over the reasons why, but I guess it's a way to make up for her getting gypped out of uh, <laughs> playing the out of having a having a movie named after her. Exactly. And, and <laughs> 22 years ago just removed from the whole equation it's like the only person we're really missing now and who i'd like to know the whereabouts of is sailor and um although she doesn't show up in here i'm 
I'm hoping that we'll at least find out what happened to her somewhere. She probably saw her on a beach somewhere. Probably, and rightfully so. She's had enough of the beach. Wearing, wearing big black sunglasses and looking <laughs> suspicious. <laughs> like, hmm, who does she look like? <laughs> but yeah, I, I really enjoyed this episode. Um, it's very fast-paced, and they, they hit the ground running. There's a, a little bit of a lull in the middle, but it's, it's, it's only to, to get us to transition over to, uh, to, the, to the final set pieces. Where you know it takes place primarily in the the oh, right in the atmosphere or the outer skirts of the Earth's atmosphere, uh, in in the in the highest uh, altitudes, and just to see how uh, Banaj is transitioning from <laughs> onto onto one of the uh, one of the opposing Mecca's uh, flying platforms and just skating across the air kind of reminded me of uh, Eureka Seven a little bit um, with all the action that was going on in this episode. The fight on top of the Garuda was pretty uh, top-notch, too, between the Black Gundam, the Black Unicorn, and uh, Banajer. And it, there was a little bit of a throwback to some UC shows and, 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 and convincing. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Throwbacks. No kidding. What a shock. But um, I still enjoyed it. it they, they put a, a, a new spin on the old thing where it was Banajer <laughs> trying to talk down Miss um, Marita. And and get her to get her to come, the snap back to her senses and and the whole brainwashing of a of a character. It's things we've seen before, but it was still fun to see in this episode. Halfway now, um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I love this episode. I thought it was a, a a lot of fun, and it was good to see a Unicorn uh, move back up the uh, the the ladder of quality. Uh, uh, there, there were a few moments where the animation uh, fell off, but uh, for the most part, it was very fluid and, and very amazing. But I'll let Chris get into that. But um, great episode. Uh, I, if I was to give it a uh, wait, 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 wait. What's up? You want me to hold off? Uh, I, I will. Uh, we'll hold off on final ratings. All right, all right, cool. We'll wait. We'll we'll save that for the end. But, so, uh, Neo, your comments on episode five of Unicorn? It was better than four. <laughs> Thank you. A hell of a lot better than four. Because my God, it's like you, you, you look at this, and I mean, yeah, there are there are a few issues, and and a little bit you know too many homages and stuff but that, that's fine but you look at this and you're like wow they these are the same people that did episode four which was just a waste of time but um <clears throat> yeah it's it, it was good to see the battles i mean i especially like when the uh like the ashimars are getting all messed up up there and you know they're kind of like falling to their death because they're getting all screwed up in the battle you mean uh, the anxious the anxious okay yeah they're they're new suits that are uh based on the Ashimars, but are not okay. the mm. okay. Clearly, you did not do your uh, mobile <laughs> research at mahq.net. No, I didn't. Sorry. Um, uh, but, that uh, uh, damages, I think, your credibility as a uh, as an intrepid journalist. Okay. You haven't done your research. <laughs> I'm going to give you an Aaron Sorkin lecture now. Uh, <laughs> oh. About everything that journalism can and should be and... You know, puppies and rainbows. Shout out oh. to Will McAvoy. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of journalists, we, like Solbro said, we get to see Kai, the uh, oh, the yes. dashing uh, UC uh, newspaper Him reporter. Journalist. Yes, Chris's Chris's most favorite character of all UC. Yes, <laughs> it's not Kai as a pilot; it's Kai as a dashing journalist. Because every journalist wants to be wearing a pimp suit in the middle of the Amazon. Hell yes, yeah. and not sweating a drop. No. Yes. Ice cold. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, and, and of course, Beltor Chica, that was great to see, um, you know, and, and then and Bright and, you know, talking to the, the photograph, which uh, I'm sure, 
you know. Armor's alive. Yeah, armor. <laughs> armor is dead because if he wasn't, why would he be talking to a picture mm-hmm. like that? But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Boniger, you know, he he redeems himself from being the complete idiot that he was in in episode four, and uh, the idiot disease was soon catched caught by uh, Riddy. Who just goes uh, the the how crazy this guy goes throughout the shows is or throughout this episode's funny and I do love the whole thing between him and uh, Merneva because she's just like I know uh, yeah I, I I think I have a better like Chris says she had a better she felt she had a better chance floating out of a burning um, ship and plunging to her death hoping that Boniger would. Uh, uh, would catch her than just sitting there staying with this guy because uh, this guy's become a big time loser and he's uh, going full Harvey Dent man yeah <laughs> and 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 we know he means business or he's gone full crazy because uh, wiping blood on his face yeah towards the end he's wiping blood on his face so you're like and he oh. just looks he just looks angry like <laughs> and he uh, spoiler alert he ends up taking the uh, the abandoned uh, banshee. So, um, how dare you spoil something that has been on the MHQ profile for <laughs> months and months and months and years if you count the novel version? How dare you, sir? Sorry, sorry, just wanted how to. How dare you? Oh my god, you I, ruined everything. There's no I've, point in even watching it now after you've ruined that. Oh, and that brings an end to our segment. Sorry, folks. <laughs> It's 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 the new Lelouch is dead. Oh. Riddy's the pilot of the Banshee. Oh, oh man! Spoilers. God. Yes. <laughs> Send all hate mail to sbrmhq at gmail dot com. Next, you're uh, gonna tell me that the box gets opened at the end of the story. Oh. <laughs> well, I'm not gonna say that just yet. I'm gonna and, wait. And till... that the box is. Dun dun dun. So, uh, any other comments on episode five, Neo? Um. Yes. Um. Great, you know, like I said, great battles. It was, I, I like the, I like the little shot after when Boniger brings uh, the Garrida up uh, to, or not, what, not, not the Garrida, the Garn Sierras, uh, you know, to meet the Nera Argama. And you just look at Bright because it's like everybody's like all in awe because you're seeing all the new typey powers and it's glowing and all this stuff. And it, it, the look on Bright's face is like, yeah, I've kind of seen this before. <laughs> No big deal. <laughs> Guess you people are all noobs. This has only been, you know, this is only like my fourth, fourth or fifth uh, special new type kid with the superpower prototype Gundam. This and, is old head. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, no, um, other than that, I'd have to say uh, some pretty good stuff. Definitely improvement from four. So, mm-hmm. Chris, hopes and dreams need to be crushed. You're on. There we go. Come on. I will crush everything. Yes. I will ruin all dreams. I will destroy every sandcastle. <laughs> well, no, I, I, I agree that it was definitely an improvement over episode four. Uh, I don't know if the production of this episode was affected at all by the extension announcement. I would tend to think that this episode was probably already pretty far along before that decision was made. Mm-hmm. But uh, the pacing is definitely a lot better. You don't feel like there's gaps and jump like there were in episode four. Uh, the story's more focused. You definitely see some thematic uh, clearing up of what people's motives are. You know, Riddy, you know, it's kind of just been a 
jumping back and forth. What is it that he's trying to do? You know, he's trying to stop the fighting. Then he finds out what the box is. He has that cockamamie proposal of having Maneva marry him. And now he's pissed off angry guy. And we finally, like all of this coalesces around this idea that, um, you know, even if there's a flawed system that runs this uh, twisted world, he wants to protect that system because he thinks chaos is bad. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, you've just you just picked the wrong horse, Riddy. <laughs> he <certainly> because <laughs> Gundam is absolutely not about enforcing the status quo of a twisted world. So, congratulations. Yeah, here, here he is wanting to be different from his uh, his family, you know, to stand out, and yet he's willing to fall in line into the Ori corrupt system. It, it it's it's a contradicted contradiction altogether. And he doesn't see it. He chose poorly. <laughs> <laughs> that he did that he did indeed and um yeah and of course he has all of this the thing is not only does he want to protect this corrupt system because the status quo is better than chaos mm-hmm. he also has this intense dislike uh for Banajer, which is wrapped up for his uh massive hard-on for Mineva. yeah <laughs> so it all that just all makes it even more sick and twisted this uh this desire he has to preserve the status quo and uh, go against Banajer, which is kind of a shame because they, they made a pretty good team at the start. Yeah, they did. Episode three, but uh, obviously uh, things went south. <laughs> I was waiting for the party to end. <laughs> yeah. Um, Alberto is just a ridiculously useless chump as usual. Mm-hmm. And even with... Uh, <laughs> Even with Marita under complete control, when he starts babbling, she, she tells him to basically shut up, even though oh, she's yeah. brainwashed to listen to him. <laughs> like, is that an order? He's like, oh, blah, 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 uh, just do what you're told. He's officially the new Fats Goodman. <laughs> yes, he is. He is Fats Goodman Mark it's, II. It's good to see him back. <laughs> just as useless as ever. Woo! Uh, it was good to see these cameos, uh, the mention of uh, Leo and company from Zeta. Yeah. Stephanie, yeah. that's right. It, it, these uh, organizations are are still around. That that they're uh, the rival to the Vist Foundation, and that uh, Belter Chica has been working with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it was good to see um, Zinnerman in action again as uh, as Solid Snake. Hell yeah! <laughs> I wonder what he was like in his prime. He, he, him as a fat man, he's still running shit. <laughs> one has to wonder. Um, I like the attitude that. Uh, all of the rock high lum pilots have towards all these vist people mm-hmm. like yeah. uh when they trip up all of these black suit guys <laughs> when uh bright is talking to banager mm-hmm. and uh when bright's number one is like hey uh we were just supposed to transport the gundam so there's no need for us to get involved with this battle we're just gonna go to go to something else <laughs> so Definitely, uh, it was good to have a tighter focus on stuff and not have everything uh, jumping around, as I mentioned about episode four. Um, Benajer definitely redeemed himself because he was just a wishy-washy, my little bitch in the fourth episode. Yes, he was. And it's totally turned around. Now, Riddy is the whiny little bitch. With blood on his face. idealistic though he may be, uh, seems to have found what it is that he wants to do and is being proactive about doing it. Yeah. yeah, and uh, you know, nice little battle at the end as a tease for what will be presumably continued at the beginning of the next episode sometime in 2013. 
Don't, and, uh, don't date yet, but man, it's going to be quite of, the wait. Speaking of cameos, um, thankfully we don't have the uh, the orgy of MS porn like last episode. <laughs> <laughs> you missed but the Jew egg. They, they certainly did go obscure. There is no denying that because it's sort of a blink and you'll miss it if you've not known about it. They picked the Skiore from MSX. Oh, which is a uh, a weapons platform, not even a mobile suit, just a weapons platform for a mobile suit. And uh, you see one of the Girazulus using that uh, off the side of the Gar and Sierras when they attack. So wow. kudos uh, for digging up something ridiculously obscure to use. <laughs> I'm looking dead at it right now. <laughs> Look at this thing. I, I saw that for a moment in the in the in the, in the OVA. That, that that's cool that they dug that up. Yeah. So. Uh, what do you guys, uh, to, before we give our ratings and close off, what do you expect, uh, or what are your expectations for episode six? Do you have a renewed uh, sense of optimism for how this series will go, especially now that there's an extra episode? I do. Uh, I, 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 if anything, this episode renews my faith in the series uh, when it comes to how they're adapting the books. I'm, I'm hoping that um, they, with the extra episode, that they'll it gives them more time to to go into the, the important parts of the story and bring those to, sc- to the screen. Uh, I'm excited to see what happens next and to see exactly what the hell uh, Laplace's box is. <laughs> they've, they've hopped it up for quite some time and to know exactly what kind of, uh, what kind of power it holds or, or how dangerous it is uh, if it falls into the wrong hands. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's just neat to see that both these uh, opposing sides are now going to have to work together in order to, uh, to stay alive from, from those who are after the box and don't want anybody else to know um, about it or, or be aware of it, and and it, just to see these opposing sides work together is going to be pretty neat to, to see in the coming episodes. Neo, your thoughts on this uh, extension in the future? I'm cautiously optimistic. I mean, one, this is anime, and anime does have a tendency to, to disappoint you at the end. So, um, but no, I mean. I, it, it definitely appears to be going in the right direction. I mean, the fact that they did not repeat what they did in episode four is encouraging, but, you know, we just don't know. I mean, and we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens because, you know, at, at the end of episode three, we didn't expect episode four to be the way it was. So it's like... You know, yes, I'm optimistic of it being good and, 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 and having a good tidy ending and all this other stuff, but they've already burnt us once. So because, you know, you look at it and it's like, wow, you have one wasted episode. I mean, that was a wasted episode and you could have I mean, they're adapting books and there's probably so many different little things that are going on there that might have made the story that much more intriguing if they were included in the in the uh, OVA and the fact that you devote just basically a mobile suit roll call you know of, of MSV and everything like that just to probably push model sales um, you know it, it I'm not gonna sit here and, and be like oh my god it's back unicorns back with a passion and you know screw everybody else everybody i thought it was dead screw you no because you just don't know i mean it could be oh I, I hope it's not but you know like i said anime has disappointed us in the past so chris well i'm definitely happy for the extension because after this episode i don't see how they could have wrapped up yeah. all that's left to cover in just one episode mm-hmm. so that's good to have my only wish is that this had been decided much earlier 
yep. into production, say, after the mega success of the first episode, because then we wouldn't have had, you know, the all of the pacing issues that resulted in episode four. So, you know, it's like, I wouldn't say it's too little too late, but I wish that this had been decided earlier so that episode four wouldn't have suffered as a result. Yeah. But better late than never. That's true. So... Uh, gentlemen, episode five, uh, on a scale of angry riddies, Sobro, how many angry riddies out of five do you give this <laughs> episode of Unicorn? I give this episode four really angry and, and uh, growing close to being insane riddies. <laughs> okay, uh, Neo, how many bitchy riddies out of five do you give? Uh, bitchy riddies, I would give it, um, I'd probably give it a three... 3.75. I don't know if I can give it a 4, but I don't think it's it's better than a 3.5. So. Again, one of, one of your non-standard, non-conforming rates. Yes. It's the, uh, you, you guys are being the metric system, I'm the American system, so there you, there go. you go. Imperial. Yep. <laughs> All right, I, I will give this episode, as I did in my MHQ review, three and a half butthurt readies out of five. There you go. <laughs> He's real butthurt. Yes. <laughs> so since we are nowhere near to having a release date for episode six other than 2013, we will not be coming back to this topic for a very, very long time. But uh, it'll be interesting to see how things turn out when we do get to episode six. So for now, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. You're listening to Gundam at MHQ. Check it out, Gundam Nation. One of our longtime listeners, Eric Keith, has a new project on the horizon that he needs your help on. On the call-in show, I at the end, I plugged a webcomic I'm going to be working on, or I actually am working on now, where I'm the writer, and a gentleman named uh, Michael is going to be the, the artist. Well, in this webcomic, it is going to be based on the Dreamcast Gundam game called 0079 Side Story Rise from the Ashes. If you've never heard of it before, it was a really awesome first-person Gundam simulator where you played a, a member of the MS Team White Dingoes in Australia near where the uh, initial colony that Xeon dropped had landed and where Xeon, of course, have took, taken over. And you lead a small ragtag team of, of MS pilots and you fight against Dom, Zakus, a Gof shows up, and uh, at the end you fight some ridiculously overpowered Xeon tank called the Rhino, which was designed before the thing from Igloo, MS Igloo. The comic's gonna be based on that game, and what I'm gonna be doing is getting a group of people together that are fans of what the comic is about, 
and stick them in the background and have them be, you know, not main characters. Like, you may not even have a speaking part. But what I want to do is I want to take you guys from the Facebook group and from Mecha Talk. And if you're interested, I'll have my email address uh, down below. Send me a, a headshot of yourself. And when we start working on the comic and releasing it in about a year, and you just might actually see yourself in the background. You heard right. If you'd like to be a character in the background of this new manga project, definitely head on over to youtube.com slash channel 609. That's literally channel S-I-X-O-N-I-N-E. And view the entire Rise from the Ashes video where Eric explains the whole concept. If you want to reach him by email, send him a message to erictkeith at gmail.com. And if you'd like to see the artwork of the um, artist involved, Mike Fontecchio, visit his DeviantArt account at mr-hayami, H-A-Y-A-M-I, dot deviantart.com. We wish Eric and Mike the best of luck with this project, and we can't wait to see how it turns out. Thank you guys, and I'll talk to you guys later on. Bye. Damn you! I almost numbchucked you. You don't even realize. Welcome back, everybody, to Gundam at MAHQ. And you're joining us for our second segment, where we actually are going to do another listener-submitted um, listener uh, topic. And this uh, topic has been uh, submitted by one of our listeners, Yokozuna Bulldozer. Thank you very much for the... Uh, <laughs> Thank you very much for the uh, the, the subject that uh, you, you submitted. And he writes, Dungeons & Mecha, basically an overview of which fantasy mecha show worked and what didn't and he lists some examples which i'm sure we'll go through in this conversation but uh basically what he'd like to know is what are what are ideas of of uh of what mecha uh mecha fantasy uh series that uh that definitely worked and and those that uh didn't quite uh plan, pan out all that well and um i'm kind of torn what what should we start with first fellas uh one that uh was total trash or one that was uh <laughs> enjoyable tales um, of neil bisonwell didn't there work you go, there you go i guess that, that's a good one to start with is or battler dunbine uh, <laughs> or battler dunbine and the uh Hulk, the, what do you have to say about this dunbine work tales <laughs> of neil bisonwell not work <laughs> Drunk exactly. Hulk, go drink it's kind of it's kind of split because Drunk uh, Hulk want manhattan like dot draper <laughs> 
<laughs> exactly. <laughs> As he crushes the, uh, the, 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 the wine sifter. But, um, yeah, uh, Or Battle of Dunbine's a strange case because the initial television series headed up by Yoshiyuki Tomino, uh, worked in, in many different ways. It's, uh, one of the earliest examples of uh, fantasy mecha anime. And, um, you know, just to see the contrast of, uh, people from, modern day earth or modern day at the time getting swept into a fantasy universe that in itself had advanced technology it was just a nice blend of a, of a lot of things yeah, it's nice to see an Englishman in King Arthur's court yes indeed yes indeed because <laughs> that's what the show was about oh yes. boy but <laughs> <laughs> I but, see um, that. That's you, never, you never see them anymore in the King Arthur's court. It's usually not the English. <laughs> the Scottish or something. What, what does an Englishman in King Arthur's court sound like? Oh. <laughs> Another day at the <laughs> office. No. It doesn't sound like that. I can't do a British accent. Please don't try. I can't. I can't, I, do I can't even. I can't do it. When I try, it's it's terrible. But um, yeah, or about Ladunbine. Uh, what are you guys' uh, thoughts? Do you think it worked? Uh, and and if and if there are elements of it that didn't work, uh, you can definitely go into that. But Chris, um, what are your thoughts on 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 if it worked or didn't? It stinks. Oh man, <laughs> we got the critic. <laughs> Buy more drinks. <laughs> I think it's a piece of garbage. <laughs> <laughs> dude, that dude kills me, man. I've always liked that guy. Oh my god! But sorry. Hey, hey is it fine. is it your birthday? Yes. Would you like some cake? <laughs> yes. Go order some. You're, okay. <laughs> you don't give it for free on your birthdays? No. Why not? You don't. What kind of restaurant is this? It's my restaurant. It's the John Lovitz restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> Damn you! You're evil. Someone bring me a plate of chicken wings. <laughs> anyway, yeah. John loves uh, everybody. <laughs> Thank you. I'm here all week. Oh, man. Anyway, uh, Dunbine, you know, it's like uh, what uh, what kind of jumps out about this show as far as a fantasy mecha is it? it's one of your typical um, tropes of the uh, person who go person from our world who goes on a journey somewhere else. I mean, we've seen this. In many other places, like an Englishman in King Arthur's court, or appropriately a Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's court, I finally yes. said it. <laughs> For once, you finally said it right. Oh my God! <laughs> uh, you know, Wizard of Oz, uh, Twelve Kingdoms, to bring up another anime. So Absolutely. it's a familiar, familiar trope, but um, interesting in that this was, you know, modern world going to a fantasy world that has robots, but we don't. Mm-hmm. So. I thought Dunbine worked great. I mean, I love that show from the moment I started watching it many, many years ago. And uh, it always jumped out at me because Bison Well was such a um, different sort of fantasy world. How you had, you know, the, the Ferrarios and you had all of these different noble houses and all these factions with their own political agendas and mm-hmm. the wacky bug-like designs of all of the robots. So I thought it was great. The later attempts at going back to that world uh, obviously were not so great. But as oh, far wow. as the, you know, prototypical fantasy mecha series, Dunbine, I think, definitely fits the bill for that. Because whenever anyone thinks of fantasy mecha, one of the two ones they always mention immediately is Escaflone or Dunbine. 
Yep. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But, Not um, to say that there weren't uh, other fantasy shows at the time, like uh, Galliant, which I'll mention later, but uh, mm-hmm. Dunbine definitely is one of the more famous fantasy mecha shows, and deservedly so, I would say. I have to agree. Neo, any um, any of your thoughts on this? Well, if a show's got a, a guy named Shot Weapon, it's all right with me. Because <laughs> it's got... Open. the Huh? Would Michael Bay approve of that? I think he would. Oh, oh man. man, could you imagine live action Dunbine directed by Michael Bay? Oh, no. God. Transformers <laughs> 4 starring Jason Statham as Shot Weapon. Oh. <laughs> the perfect name for a Jason Statham character. <laughs> um, what, what, what's, uh, what was his uh, Nick Cage as uh, Drake Luff? <laughs> 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 insert insert uh victoria's secrets model for uh, emily loft <laughs> marvel frozen any one of them will do <laughs> yes even if they don't know how to speak they'll do oh, yeah. oh my gosh but um no uh i mean chris pretty much hit it on the head it, it is probably the prototypical um fantasy mecha show yeah there's been others but i mean it is that um uh, it makes that much of an impression because the one thing that you have to give it, it, it everything's really kind of flushed out pretty well with it within that, you know, Bison well, it's just, there's so much stuff going on. And, you know, in addition to all the, you know, the robot um, action and uh, it's just, it's just very interesting to see how they're, you know, what I always thought was cool is how they showed how the war battlers worked. Yes. I mean, they were kind of like biomechanical um, and uh, you know, it was definitely, uh, definitely pretty interesting, and, and like you said, it's just such crazy, bizarre designs that just really just work because they are just so out of out of uh, the ordinary. So, but um, yeah, unfortunately, it gave us Tales of Neo Bison well and and Garzy's Wing, but and Wings of Ran, but you know. Mm-hmm. Not everything can work, I guess. Not every. <laughs> yeah, I, I got. I, I agree with both of you. Um, Dunbine, uh, a lot of fun the whole way through. It's it's got iconic designs. Um, there's just just the uh, the way that the suits were 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 made and how what they ran off of uh, aura power and and the fact that uh, people from Upper Earth were the ones that had the most aura power, although they didn't live in a world as um, fantastic as Bison. Well, you know, it was just a nice contradiction. Then when people got when when the opposite happened when people from bison well went to earth they started to go into <laughs> overload as well um with their aura powers uh, it, it was just a nice dichotomy there uh bet- between um both both sides of the conflict and then of course how the show ends on on such a infamous note um it just just makes that show so stand out um it, it it just incorporated all its fantasy elements very well, and it works on so many levels. I was a little, there was a little bit that was disappointed to me about the Earth arc, but not not anything I can really vent on or complain about. Just certain things that I wanted to happen didn't, and that's my own problem. So, <laughs> for the most part, uh, Dunbine was excellent, and it definitely represents the the mecha and uh, fantasy genre very well. Um, going into some of its spinoffs, um, namely. Uh, Wings of Rian and Garzy's Wing, and we might as well just lump them together. Um, these don't represent the, the, the cross genre all that well at all. Uh, <laughs> uh, when it comes to Garzy's Wing, it's definitely half baked. The they don't represent it anything all that well. No, not at all, especially not anime. So, <laughs> hopefully, if this was not your first anime you watched, because I'm sure it'll leave you scarred. We, uh, we reviewed it in a uh, anime toilet not too long ago. Uh, Garzy's Wing being, uh, a, it seems like a very rushed production. There's not really any mecha in it. 
um, at all, but it's it's part of uh, the Neo uh, the the Bison Well universe. And then you have uh, the Tales of Neo Bison Well, which is the epilogue to Or Battler Dunbine, which is also pretty bad. And although there's mecha in it, they barely move until towards the end. <laughs> and all even the, then, see- they they just crawl across the screen. Oh my gosh! <laughs> it's some of the worst animation ever. Oh wow! But you got to watch it just to see how stupid it looks because it's and then, hilarious. And then the standoff at the end is just one for the books on how what not to do and how not to end an OVA series. And then uh, Wings of Rian, which I have not seen save for the first two episodes. Uh, other than that, it's it didn't really impress me, and it's probably the most recent. Uh, uh, series that takes place uh, in Bison Well. But um, I wanted to know, uh, and we'll start with Neo, what were your uh, thoughts on how these series incorporated uh, mecha and fantasy? They didn't do it very well. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean and, and not to rehash it, I mean, I, I would just say just go back to uh, the anime toilet segments. I don't know what episode number that is, but, <laughs> you know, to really see it. And, you know, it, it's just, it's it's a shame because you got something that did it pretty well and, you know, it's, it's pretty much a standout. And then you got things like this that just go horribly wrong. So that's what I would suggest. Chris? <laughs> In one word, uh, cliches, because Neo Bison Well was just cliches of all of these characters who are reincarnations slash stand-ins of characters from Dunbine doing pretty much the same stuff and falling into the same situations, but now in three episodes instead of a full series. Mm Mm-hmm. And then Garzi's wing was just um, a mishmash of really horrible plot points, uninteresting characters, bad writing, uh, lots of stuff that goes unexplained. Basically, the the worst of all of Tamino's impulses super packed in very densely into one three-episode product. <laughs> when it comes down to it. <laughs> and bad animation on top of it. Oh, man. That's and, and Magic Ducks. Magic Ducks. The Affleck Duck. We can't forget about him. He makes a cameo. Yeah, if anything, that that shows you what not to do with this, with with the the crossing of these two uh, genres. But um, getting back to something that's great, uh, the other the other uh, fantasy mecha series that other people talk about uh, that we just briefly mentioned earlier is uh, the Vision of Escaflone, which is also from uh, Sunrise. And again, it, uh, to me, uh, this is a series that that works in both uh, genres well, as as well as putting in uh, other elements like uh, romance. Uh, and uh, it it was something that was supposed to appeal to not only a, a male audience but a female audience. And uh, uh, before I, I go into my thoughts on there, uh, Chris, what were your uh, thoughts on uh, Escaflone and how it incorporated? this genre well the thing that i always thought interesting about escafloni as you watch it is that it's a it's a shoujo series cosplaying as a mecha show yeah (laughs) it's kind of it's kind of hiding itself in that disguise because if it if it was a straight on mecha show the main character would have been von and him and just his anger at losing his kingdom and fighting and blowing stuff up and you know his rivalry with with alan and all of that stuff but instead the main character is Hitomi, you know, this cross-dimensional girl who has come from Earth and um, has the hots for both of these guys but can't decide which one she wants. Mm-hmm. And, of course, that is at the very core of the story and plays out very importantly in the end. Yep. But for me, Escaflone, it just succeeds on every level from, you know, the first moment I watched it with those uh, old, old um, Anime Village clamshell oh, yes. VHS tapes. <laughs> 
Ah, man. That I picked up at Electronics Boutique. Oh, my gosh. What is that place? Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. It just just jumped out at me. Great animation, you know, for its time. It holds up pretty well for, you know, 16 years Mm -hmm. after the fact. A fantastic soundtrack by Yoko Kano. Mm -hmm. Interesting characters, good voice actors. Not on the English side, though. And, you know, just a very uh, vibrant world because Gaia is so um, kind of out there, like just the weird people that are in it, like uh, <laughs> the Mole Man and yeah. you know, those the wolf people, wolf people and, you know, all these different nations and, you it's know, the, first dream. the uh, the uber steampunk nature of the Zybok Empire. Yep. And, of course, the really great mecha designs because, you know, in Dunbine the mecha are cool looking, but they basically look like bugs with swords. Yeah. And in, uh, in, in Escaflone, the Gaimaleths really do look like, you know, scaled up suits of armor, which is what you'd kind of expect for a fantasy mecha series. So I think that is really one of the areas where it succeeds because you look at the, um, you get Alan's Gaimaleth where you look at the Escaflone itself. Uh, they just look great. Yeah, because they do look like suits of armor with swords instead of bugs with swords. It's, it's great to see the uh, the machinery inside them too. When you see the the pilot inside working the uh, the inner workings of the suit and the gears going around them and the noises that are made, um, this they just capture the feel of being inside a guy Malef in that series too. Yeah, that's some stock footage I don't mind watching. Whenever uh, Vaughn suits up and you see all of like you know the gears that are around him and all of the stuff that's working to create the human movements that he carries out in the cockpit, mm-hmm. which is not a very comfortable cockpit at all, and it barely is a yeah. cockpit if you can call it that. This ain't your yeah. typical Gundam cockpit. No 360 monitor on this one. Not at all. No. <laughs> but uh, if anything, uh, Neo, what, what were your thoughts and impressions on Escaflone? I don't know if I could say too much more than what hasn't already been said about Escaflone, except don't watch the movie. Oh, um, oh. yeah. <laughs> can't we all, can't we just treat it as a separate thing on its own? Yeah, I guess we could. I mean, it's all it's all if if you recognize that it's its own thing and mm-hmm. not anything to do with the TV show, it's not a bad movie. No, it's, it's just it, weird. I, if you, yeah. if you weigh it on that level, I, I can I can see what you're saying there, and I, I've I've grown to appreciate the movie at least on the level of the quality of animation. Oh, it um, looks good. Yeah, yeah, it looks great. It's just an execution, man. <laughs> but don't go don't go in there expecting it's you know oh wow more Escapone. No, <laughs> but go ahead. But um, yeah, no, I mean uh, once again, I, I think you know not only the fact of um, of the characters and stuff like that, but the the, the ability to um, have such a fleshed out world. And like you guys said, you had all these different cultures and, you know, and, and, and things and, and uh, you know, everything is just a little bit more different. And every, you know, each one of these um, groups of people, they're identified not only by what they look like, but, you know, their weaponry and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, like I said, there's not too much more I can really say about uh, Escaflone that hasn't already been said. So, 
Well, right on. Yeah, uh, Escaflone. It was a. It was a real. It, it, the show came out of the blue for me because I. Uh, I actually listened to the score first before watching the show. But when I finally got to see the show and just to see the world of Gaia unfold on on their journey was was a real treat to see, and then to find out the secret behind uh, Vaughn's lineage and the fact that it actually um, also not only incorporated Gaia as a as a fantasy world itself, but the series also incorporates Atlantis. And then, uh, ironically, there's a a major figure from science. That turns out to be the villain in this show, and I won't ruin it for you. But if you watch it, oh come on! Sixteen years spoiler statute of limitations <laughs> up. It's fucking Isaac Newton. It's Sir Isaac Newton. Uh, Lelouch's so dead. Isaac your... Newton. Isaac Newton is Dornkirk. Come yeah. on. Yes. <laughs> so grab your apples and get ready for a treat. <laughs> But yeah, uh, it was it was it was really awesome to see him as the villain. But um, just to watch uh, all these all these things of mythos just unfold in the show was a real treat to see. And and of course, watching the fights is one of the most gorgeous elements of the show. The uh, the battles between the Gaimalovs and how they're captured, and just to see the weight of them when they're when they're swinging and attacking, and just to see enemies reel from hits. It, it just it captures physics really well for a show that's in a fantasy world. So it's it, it's a it's a nice weird blend of of a lot of things. Um, just to touch upon the movie for a moment, uh, I I definitely think if you uh, you should definitely watch the show first, but there should be an appreciation for the movie as well because the the mecha designs are great. Um, and and it does capture some of the elements of the TV show in it, although in execution of the story, it's not all that great. But um, so, bro, bef- before you go on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that uh, it is only fitting that we have a moment of silence for Balgus. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Uh, the one of the most badass old men ever to be, to exist. <laughs> Imagine a, a samurai and a knight fused together in one badass dude. That's who Balgus destroys right Gaimalefs on his own. He yeah. doesn't need a Gaimalef, a suit of uh, a mecha suit of armor. He doesn't need it. He you know, I would love a- to see. I would love to see a fight between him and Master Asia. Oh my! God. Oh, jeez. They're almost like brothers. <laughs> they almost are. <laughs> They're both badass old men who are renowned trainers and can destroy robots without needing a robot of their own. Oh, my gosh. You, it, it, well, it you have to throw in the Admiral, too, because he killed a robot, too. That's true. <laughs> He's got that uh, status, man. Not not quite the same. Oh. Oh, what are you but, saying? But Balgus, man. Yeah, just to watch him work in the first episode. That would, that would just be the episode. fight of the ages to see Balgus and Master Asia. Oh, and, you know, and the time we spend with him is so little. So little. It hurts to see him go. But he does he does make a few appearances throughout the series in flashbacks. So I think he appears more in flashbacks than he does. <laughs> yeah, I think he does. He sure is mentioned a lot. He yeah. is, man. There are those flashbacks of happier days in Fenelia. Not only did he train Vaughn, but he also trained Alan. So um and you know his at least his work will live on. <laughs> he did great work. That Balgus, man. He is the best. But um Another, uh, I, I guess this one is kind of middle of the road for me. Um, I don't know. I've, I've, I've watched Magic Knight Ray Earth, and it's totally a shoujo show. But um, somewhere no in kidding. the middle of it, uh, no, no doubt. I mean, it's from it's from Clamp, so I mean, it comes with the territory. But um, there are robots in it. Uh, I I can't really say much about that because I didn't get that far in the show. Uh, but uh, they're they're making it, and they've even been involved in Super Robot Wars games, so they've got that kind of status. But uh, anybody here seen those elements of Magic Knight Ray Earth at all? The, anybody got that far in the show to to, to even? I have that? seen the entire TV series. Uh huh. Go ahead. All four episodes, and things interesting about Ray Earth is that um, it's yet another one of these like Earthers get crossed over into another world. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, it's these three girls from Tokyo schools, and they're told, hey, you got to go on a quest to save Sephiro, and uh, you got to journey around the land, and the first arc, the first 20 episodes of the series, which Media Blasters calls season one, even though that's not true. It's just a one seat. There is no Magic Right, Magic Knight Ray or two in Japan. It was all one four nine episode series. Mm-hmm. But the first arc of the series is they're journeying around, um, you know, the the land of Sephiro because uh, the princess Emerald has has tasked them with saving it, and they think that uh, this sorcerer guy is bad business, and um, you know they're journeying around to power up and stop him. And mm-hmm. the first arc is laid out very, very, very much like a traditional JRPG, mm-hmm. which is not yeah. surprising given that there was a Rare Earth JRPG on the Saturn, which was released in America by Working Designs. And it kicked ass. I played through that entire game. I used to own it. It was so awesome. So if you're watching Ray Earth at first, you're like, Where, where's the robots? Because it's not until um, the late teens that the robots even show up. Yeah. Uh- because the three girls, they're fighting with, you know, just regular swords, fighting against monsters and villains. And as they progress and they defeat bosses in dungeons and caves and shit like that, you know, their <laughs> armor and their weapons evolve and power up. Eventually, they power up to the level of gaining uh, the machine gods. And the one used by the main character is called Ray Earth. Right. So for that final battle of that first arc, which has a real surprise turnout, which I won't ruin because that's that's a surprise worth um, seeing mm-hmm. unspoiled. That's where the, the mecha debut and then the second half of the series, which takes a completely different turn because these three girls, they come back to Sephiro and find that the entire world is crumbling and it's being invaded by these other countries and from that point on it's a straight up mecha show everybody's using mecha wow yeah so it's kind of interesting to see that um that shift in tone in that uh the first 20 episodes you have your sort of generic fantasy kingdom very colorful lots of characters and quests and all that and then second half of the show grim dark apocalypse world is literally falling apart everything is going to hell (laughs) <laughs> it is Which, contrast. Given that it's clamp and that and that they've got X, you know that shouldn't that sort of contrast shouldn't be surprising. But yeah. uh, it, it is a solid show. The until that turnabout in the first arc near the end, you kind of it kind of drags a little bit because if you've played lots of JRPGs, you know all of the cliches and know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it feels utterly predictable. But then there's such a turnabout that I wonder if that was deliberate to make you think like, oh yeah, JRPG formula. I know exactly how this turned out. Oh wait, no, that's not at all what usually happens. Oh crap. <laughs> Which very well might be the case, but uh, it is a good show. It's definitely worth watching. It is without a doubt shoujo, but that's not a problem. Mm-hmm. You got three female main characters. Surprise! There are dudes that they fall in love with. Oh. Shock! Amazing. If that's a problem for you, well, maybe that's this show's not for you. But oh. I would not let such a thing get in the way of a good show. And also, uh, if you're interested in it, pick it up before Media Blasters dies. Because oh yeah, <laughs> they're. Uh, <laughs> It looked like they're pretty much on death's door, so I wouldn't I wouldn't hold out hope for them lasting forever. My wife owns the entire series. I, I, you got me excited to watch it, actually, man. Holy shit! <laughs> I have not watched though the OVA, which mm-hmm. is uh, it's only three episodes and it was released by Mangler. It's a complete retelling. <laughs> 
of the story. Mm-hmm. And from what I understand, it's very different. And you can read about it eventually when Peter gets around to reviewing it and we make a rare section on it. Nice. Yeah, I've, I've only seen... I've never saw where they got to the Mecca. I only watched up, up until... Pretty, I think towards the end of that first arc where they're just going around and, and basically playing the RPG. Um, but I had always had the intentions to finish it because I did hear that it got super kick-ass with uh, the mecha and stuff. So it, <laughs> yes, it is. the mecha are pretty badass. And, um, you know, these are basically these are basically like gods yeah. in mecha form saying, okay, you're cool, you can pilot me. Oh, What? There you go. That's the talk right there. <laughs> but uh, so, the, so, so now you only watch the, uh, I guess the the quest portion then. Yeah, I never really, I didn't get to the end of the quest portion, but um, yeah, and and Chris is right. It, you do start to. It does. It is very predictable. I mean, if you've played any RPG uh, in the past ten to fifteen years, you're sitting there going, mm, "Okay, uh, time to battle." Checklist: oh. Mysterious Forest. Yes. Uh, Goon at the end, check. Uh, deep underground cave, boss, check. Armor upgrade, weapon upgrade, yeah, check. Exactly. <laughs> Man. We're still well, not power, powerful enough to take him on, check. We need time, to go power up more. Yeah. Time to grind. Yeah. <laughs> check. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, uh, other than the, uh, the Saturn game, uh, I only watched a few episodes of the anime myself, and I didn't, I, I, I haven't really sat down and watched the anime like I should have. I'd like to see it because there's been other properties from Clamp I've really enjoyed, like Chobits and X. So um, I'd I'd like to see how uh, Rayor's play prayer plays out. And the, the thing I always notice about Clamp is even though they write shojo, they've always had shonen inclinations for things that they've uh, produced. So um, there are always shonen elements and, and things that they draw. And if you if you've been put off by shojo, it, it's it's definitely worth a shot to try out Ray Earth, especially if you like fantasy mecha anime. His old bro, I know your wife owns the DVDs, but mm-hmm. uh, to get you to watch this, it's on Hulu. Oh, get out! <laughs> at least, at least the first twenty episodes. So, Neo, well, there you go. Know. There's your opportunity to at least catch up on uh, that first arc. So, well, word up, man. That's good to know. So, yeah, it's on Hulu. Check it out if you haven't seen it, and if you dig it, then uh, find the other uh, episodes. Uh, there's always Amazon. But um, I, I another pick of mine that I, I I have not seen, but I know Chris is. Um, watched at least a few of these episodes is uh, Break Blade or Broken Blade. Uh, yes. Now, am I am I wrong to say that this is also uh, Fantasy Mecha as well? Oh no, this is definitely Fantasy Mecha. Oh shit! And, and definitely the most recent example because it's based on a manga that's currently on hiatus, unfortunately, but is running in Japan and was released as a series of six one-hour movies oh. in Japan that were then released here on Blu-ray by Sentai. Right. And um, just give you a contrast in, in companies. I got these six one-hour feature films on Blu-ray from Sentai for $38. Wow. Off of an Amazon pre-order, it's like, and then I look next to it on the shelf is, is Unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> and then I say to myself, thanks, Bandai. Thanks. $38 per volume. <laughs> if that. No. More, <laughs> if not more, more like wow. forty-eight dollars per volume plus shipping. <laughs> yeah, that, that is a, that's a bit steep <laughs> in comparison. Well, but, uh, the thing that I find interesting about Broken Blade, mm-hmm. and we we do have a section for it MHQ, but so far it's only the uh, the first movie that's been reviewed. Right. 
is that it's a totally uh, pure, uninterrupted world. What I mean by that is you don't have Earthers being brought in to some fantasy world like in all the shows we've been talking about up to now. All of the char- This is a totally separate world, and all of the characters are from that world, no outsiders. Awesome. Yeah, so uh, very briefly, the things neat about this is that um, there's a lot of politics in uh, this show because it's all about this one continent that has all of these different kingdoms on it, and they're all competing for you know, limited natural resources. Uh, you have this nation of Athens that's quite militaristic. And in this world, um, people have this ability to manipulate quartz with their bodies. Oh, nice. And they use uh, that quartz in everything. So, you know, cars and motorcycles and equipment, everything has quartz in it because people can manipulate it, you know, mentally, mm-hmm. focusing on it. And that's what they use to make robots. Robots are made out of quartz. So every once in – and these people are called sorcerers. Every once in a while, every one in a million births, there's an unsorcerer, which is a person who cannot manipulate quartz. Oh, damn. So they can literally do nothing with it. They can't drive a vehicle. They can't use a robot. Can't fire a pressure gun. Uh, sometimes can't even use uh, kitchen appliances because they use quartz. It's like being born with a disability in that world. Is you know it's kind of comparable to it's kind of mm-hmm. comparable to not being a jacked in person in the gets world. Yeah, 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 an outsider for the most part. Yeah. So the main character Rygard Arrow is one of these guys, and um, as it turns out, that ad- that uh, liability turns out to be an asset because uh, Golem, that's what the robots are called. They uncover in his kingdom this uh, very very ancient Golem that nobody can turn on so big surprise he's the only one who can turn it on and he's the unsorcerer what did he do flip a switch (laughs) he just touched it oh damn because it's uh it's the technology of the ancients who back then could not use quartz so because all these people are born with the ability to use quartz they can't use this golem which is uber powerful and unstoppable good awesome so you do have some uh, some standard mecha elements like uh, friends who are now on opposite sides of a conflict, mm-hmm. uh, crazy, insane enemy pilots who just uh, enjoy killing people. There's um, this one character who uh, – 25-year-old Lolly because she – looks like a lolly even though she's 25 (laughs) which is a joke in contrast to this other pilot who's 12 years old and has ridiculously huge boobs (laughs) what (laughs) yeah you you have to watch it and you'll you'll get it what is this what is queen's blade (laughs) almost and she has this uh mecha with these giant like uh arm uh claw things that she uses to slice slice uh other golems in half and i was having a marathon recently and general hate himself made as a comment uh can i use the clamps (laughs) 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 yes she is rather uh clamp happy like clamps from futurama oh really and she likes to uh, chop people in half oh jeez uh there are some really 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 gory deaths in uh in break broken blade now we're talking (laughs) you got you got fantasy you got politics you got robot action you've got uh fan service queens literally a queen who is all fan service oh wow 
<laughs> good voice cast, great animation because again, these are feature films, so it's uh, kind of equatable to Unicorn in terms of high budget stuff mm-hmm. and easy to get into. So I recommend it. It's uh, a good example of what a fantasy mecha show should be, and again, it stands out because there's no no Earth people in it. Oh, that that doesn't make it a uh, uh, that doesn't make it different enough to. Uh... To, to 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 be significant on its own plus it's a, a very recent series um you know when did it uh, it premiered uh i guess it premiered in manga form in 2007 but the uh, anime it's, is still uh, on were released about two years ago right and uh sentai released it here last year the only thing is because it's an ongoing manga that uh has not finished there is not really an ending mm-hmm. there is an ending point where things kind of stop but is left open so it can continue. Right. So there's a lot of stuff that has not been covered in these six movies because the manga is way longer than that. So I will tell people that it's not a definitive ending, but it leaves the possibility for more movies in the future, depending on what happens with the manga, because they're having some publication trouble. Damn. But you can also read the manga. It's out there. If you can't, if you watch the, uh, Watch the movies and you can't get enough, go read the manga. Because there also are, as you would expect with manga adaptations, some pretty major differences mm-hmm. in terms of plot elements, uh, deaths of characters, that sort of thing. Well, damn. It's, it's, it's definitely out there in the wild. I, I, I see here that uh, CMX brought over some uh, volumes before they were shut down. Um, but, of course, uh, I guess to be caught up with the Joneses, you have to find other means of reading. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I think we all know what those other means. Oh, those, um, those ill-gotten gains. <laughs> yeah. Pre-torrenting, pre-scanlating, all of those other methods. Uh, if anything, uh, you didn't hear it from us. But, uh, <laughs> Neil, have you had any exposure to, to Broken Blade at all? No, I haven't. So I, I am excited to check that out, though. I love Fantasy and Mecha, man. I need to, I need to get caught up on these shows. Um, I, I will ask this question, because I've seen about 15 episodes of this show. Would you consider Heavy Metal Elgheim fantasy mecha? Although it's it's clearly in the future, but there are fan, fantasy elements in the show. Would you think it's some kind of hybrid, or uh, uh, would you not consider it? No. I mean, yeah. aside from a fairy, I would mm-hmm. having literally a fairy in it, I would not <laughs> consider it a uh, a fantasy show. Well, all right. I mean, it, it is. It's it's an industrialized you know galaxy you've got spaceships and you got these robots there's not any there's not anything fantastical about that there's nothing people don't have like special powers there's not a really a fantasy setting it's more like a space fantasy like uh like star wars or something like that. a space opera yeah yeah something along the lines of that but i do have a hybrid that i would throw out there which is uh from the same time period Mm -hmm. uh panzer world gallant oh yes which was directed by ryosuke takahashi and Mm -hmm. um it definitely is uh, a sci-fi fantasy hybrid because you've got this fantasy world and there are these night mecha, these panzers, but there is a sci-fi element because you have um, this advanced civilization and there was this asshole named Mortar who tried to take it over because their civilization was uh, very stale and, and declining. Mm-hmm. And he got uh, beaten down and exiled to this primitive world. So, of course, with his advanced technology, he creates an evil empire and takes over the world because his plan is to head back to space and uh, conquer the civilization that scorned him. Oh, shit. <laughs> so 
you kind of have in this series some elements of turn A in that it's a primitive world technologically, and the Panzers are technological creations, but you know they've been introduced into this world through this guy, and uh, the people of this world are learning how to use them, and the Galliant is sort of like a turn A-ish ancient mecha that's been... Uh, brought back and a lot of people hope will save them and you've got the added element of the main character Jordy. he's um he's the last prince of a kingdom that was destroyed in mortars uh, sweep of conquest across the land Ooh. Huh. and he's out to you know get revenge on mortar for number one killing his father and two imprisoning his mother sort of in a han solo carbon-free sort of thing for all these amps. <laughs> it sounds epic. Dude. <laughs> it's, it's good stuff. Uh, the only downside I would say is that the, the look of Galliant is kind of goofy. I mean, it is from 1984. Mm-hmm. So it hasn't aged quite that well in that department, and Mortar's kind of this pencil-headed, bald weirdo. Right. And kind of looks dumb and... Um, there are some goofy things, but the Panzers are cool looking. Uh, there are some neat Panzers, especially uh, his grunt Panzer units, which are Centaur Mecha. Centaur Knight Mecha. Mm. With wow, lances. I'm looking, at the, I'm looking at the designs right now, man. This show looks cool. Uh, it's amazing. It's only 25 episodes? Yes, it is. It's, it's a pretty short, pretty short series, so you can mm. jump in. There's also a three-episode OVA, which... Um, in sort of typical form for the 80s. The first two episodes are a retelling of the entire series. Mm-hmm. And the third is a uh, completely alternate Escaflone movie-esque retelling <laughs> of the story in a completely separate way with new mecha designs, new animation, new character designs, different character situations. So pretty much exactly like Escaflone the movie. Goodness. Would you consider it uh, on par with the show or worse or better? It's very different, but it's interesting to watch to see just how different everything is because they just changed everything around. Plus the fact that it's got a different look to it, so that kind of makes it stand out, and it's got obviously slightly nicer animation because it's an OVA. Definitely definitely sold on it, especially with uh, Takahashi's involvement. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, if you don't mind old anime and you like Mm -hmm. fantasy mecha, if you've already watched Dunbine, why not watch this, which was a contemporary at the time? Exactly. Is it, uh, let's see. Oh, it's also produced by Sunrise. Get out of town. Of, of course. Uh, Takahashi was, uh, at that studio at that time. So that makes sense. Man, I guess that was the, uh, that was the, the end thing at the time was, uh, Fantasy Mecha. That's good to see it, though. I, I, I'd like to check this out. I've got to find the opening online just to see what that's all about. But, um, Neo, any, any, any exposure to this as well? No. Well. I guess we're in the same boat. <laughs> but uh, any any honorable mentions? Any other uh, series that we should uh, definitely uh, expose to people or let them know about that are that fall into this category? I'm sure there's stuff that we should mention and will not. And then in the comments, someone will say, "I can't believe that you forgot to mention blank series." <laughs> so do me a favor. Don't say, "I can't believe you forgot to mention blank series," because that annoys the shit out of me when I see it. Exactly. Say something like, "Hey, here's another show that you guys." Uh, could have mentioned or hey here's another show that falls under this category so absolutely i'm serious please don't write i can't believe you guys didn't mention blank i'm someone really will. i'm really really tired of it don't don't worry don't worry someone will i know somebody <laughs> will 
And when somebody does, and when someone does, I will smack them down in the thread. I'm not good joking. stuff. I am completely hey, serious about this. And that's why you get up in the morning. <laughs> yes, to crush people <laughs> and put them in their places. <laughs> well, uh, if anything, this has been a, a, a definitely exciting topic, and uh, much respect to uh, Yokozuna, Yokozuna Bulldozer for su- um, suggesting it. Uh, many thanks to you, and uh, we'll be back with more Gun Dan at MAHQ in just a moment. Let us do no such goddamn thing. In a world where vivid flashbacks can strike without warning. In a world where a submissive adolescent must pilot a giant humanoid robot to save humanity. In the same world where a two-legged quadruped can run leisurely at the speed of sound with the aid of jewelry. Only one podcast can discuss this with their sanity intact. And this is Not That Podcast. www.ssapodcast.com The Ass Backwards Anime Podcast. Oh wait, I was supposed to use that voice in the beginning. Uh, let's go again. From a time long ago, in a basement far away, there comes a time when there's only one hero to protect us all from the trolls, warranted and unwarranted. Is it him? Against Gundam Sea Destiny. It appears destiny is firmly on my side. What? There stands a man who alone will defend the honor of said show for all to enjoy. Something that shouldn't have been allowed to exist, boy! Just shut up! His name rings out and is like curses to those evil to yours. If people learned of your existence, they would want to be just as you are! That name? Jamon025, Defender of Destiny! You shouldn't blame me! This is mankind's dream! Mankind's desire! Mankind's destiny! Coming this fall on WSBR, your home for DVR hits. Wow, this is pretty cool. Don't talk down to me like I'm a kid. I totally dig being on my own. Plus, I can eat all the pizza I want. Didn't I tell you for years to go easy on the pizza? And don't tell me that's all you're eating every day. God, you're pathetic, you know that? Please don't talk to me like you're my mom. You're not the maternal... That's enough. Look, you better explain this. I don't give a damn about your personal life. Start talking.
All right, welcome back to Gundam at MHQ, and we are going to be closing out our episode 106 today, where we discussed episode 5 of Gundam Unicorn, as well as the listener-submitted topic from Yokozuna Bulldozer about fantasy mecha series. But of course, as always, we're going to close out with your questions from the mailbag, and we'll start with some voicemails. You can call us at 305-792-8324 or 305-SWATFAG and leave us a brief message. Please specify that it's for Gundam. And before we start, a note, um, something I've seen pop up every once in a while and uh, annoys me. If you ask us a question in a voicemail or on the Mechatalk mailbag, don't ask the same question in another format. So we would get to questions when we get to them. And if we haven't gotten to your question in the one format, don't ask the same question in another because that will just confuse and or annoy me and will not increase your possibility of getting the question answered sooner. So pick one format, stick to it, and just wait for your answer. So our first question comes from Shane, a.k.a. Philly Gundam fan on Mechatalk, who says, Do you guys think that Asamu went missing in space to escape his loveless marriage to Romery? I mean, you saw how Foot and Emily hated and couldn't stand each other. Maybe uh, he just thought that he'd escape the cycle by leaving the Earth Sphere altogether. And second, uh, I just wanted to nominate those kids stuck on the bridge in episode one of Kyo's story as Solberg's men. So, Asamu escaping loveless marriage. What, what do you all think? <laughs> Probably. Probably, because it, it came out of nowhere anyways at the end of H2, so... <laughs> maybe, maybe it was one of those arranged marriages. He not only just recently got married, but had a kid, man. Maybe the the pressure got to him. Yeah, <laughs> I'd I'd rather just I'd rather just go through space as a pirate than I'm, have to wake up every morning with them. Confirmed affair with Arissa Woodbit is Asimu's love child. Oh my gosh, oh. Woodbit, no! Oh, <laughs> Woodbit, man. That means he and he and Keo are brothers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they've they've mixed those gene pools. Oh, oh no way! Oh, <laughs> what what horrors lie next? No. Oh. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, it's just a uh, an empty spot. And we had Asumu most recently in, in uh, the last episodes of H talking about why he became a pirate. So, I guess there's your answer, right there. And as far as um, you know, who's uh, Sobro's man or not, I think it's pretty clear in this third generation that it's the return of, of the gun hail and that's that's <laughs> woot bit yeah <laughs> it doesn't make me go woot in any any <laughs> in any way possible. oh guys I don't like you you can't talk to Roddy son <laughs> yeah he's got he's got incredible man crush on uh, Roddy dangerous dangerous level all right, so next we have a voicemail from EA Net Dude who says The United States has approved an amendment to the Constitution eliminating the Electoral College, and they have installed a new system called the Gundam Tournament. You are contracted by each of the campaigns to design a Gundam for their campaigns. Give us your proposals. For the Romney Gundam, the Obama Gundam, and the Donald Trump Gundam. Okay, so never minding the fact that Donald Trump is not running for president anymore, uh, let's just throw him in there for shits and giggles anyway. <laughs> so I'll start with him, and I think the most fitting 
Gundam for Donald Trump is one that already exists, and that is from a G Gundam side story that features the manager Gundam. Oh, what? (laughs) (laughs) So you can look it up on MHQ. It's a Gundam that's in a suit. Oh, no way. A business suit. Manager Gundam. (laughs) I've got the same. And I think it's, uh, yes, there it is right there. It's... uh, well, he, he's got cannons, it's got a uh, necktie, and it's piloted by this uh, sort of asshole-looking guy with a big cigar. So I think that's perfect for Donald Trump. Just add a toupee to uh, the gun at the top, and you're good to go. There you go. <laughs> Some gold trim, and, and, and plaster the name Trump all over the suit. Then you got it. <laughs> <laughs> he's the closest thing we'll get to Tony Stark. <laughs> Yes. So oh, for uh, Mitt Romney, I would also give him a um, a pre-existing Gundam. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, his Gundam would be uh, the Reborn's Gundam. Oh. And the reason for that is it has uh, two modes. You have the cannon mode and the Gundam mode. And those two modes represent his inability to stake out a firm position on any political <laughs> issue. <laughs> So because he can't decide which side of an issue he's on, he would just constantly be, during the fight, transforming between cannon and Gundam mode and thus get uh, shot down because uh, he's just so uh, flip-floppy and wishy-washy about stuff. So that's, that's the, the Romney Gundam right there. Here, here. <laughs> well, would, would, wouldn't uh, wouldn't awesome possibly savior be appropriate too? Because of um, it's always transforming back and forth, not really doing much else. That could also that could also work. And um, now for Obama, gee, what what do we give him? Well, mm-hmm. I think I think we know what the obvious choice for him is. What's that? What's that? The zebra Gundam. Oh, oh, you bastard. <laughs> because we all know, That's we funny. all know, it says on the internet and on crazy radio talk shows that he mm. was born in Kenya. And oh, no Zebra doubt. And Gundam is from Neo-Kenya. So, oh. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So, if, if yeah, he could probably win with that Kenya Gundam, but then he'd be showing his roots as, as an evil... Kenyan Muslim extreme Christian and where's the birth certificate? So there you go, <laughs> proof positive right there. You heard on MHQ. There you go, man. Would that be a special attack though, birth certificate attack. <laughs> birth certificate smash. <laughs> Those are pretty inventive Gundams. Followed by <laughs> Reverend Wright punch. <laughs> <laughs> Explosive Obamacare (laughs) crusher. Oh, man. That just sounds weird at uh, all levels. Explosive Obamacare. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I know know my my ideas for the suits aren't aren't all that elaborate for... um, for Trump, uh, it'd be it'd pretty much be a a, a golden Gundam, just just the most. It'd be kind of like uh, what what's his name had at the end of a uh, double O. Alejandro. Uh, 
Alejandro's Gundam, except just be more useless and <laughs> and just um just just have Trump's name plastered all over it, man. You know, he's just and and of course it go uh, a, a toupee, of course, on the top of the the Gundam's head. Of, of course, it's got to be there. It's it's what's up. It'd be his secret weapon. Does do do the cockpit screens have all of the little fancy gold gold flourishes like Alejandro? It has to, man. It's a Trump. It's a Trump Gundam. It's got to have all the all the gold trim and all the fancy touches. Ma- mahogany trim in it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all the all the all the fine things. Uh, control control handles that are that are that are crafted in ivory, man. It, Does he have like a like a mega launcher? Whenever he attacks, he goes, "You're fired." <laughs> And, that'd actually be kind of funny and show me the birth certificate is what he says with his other one actually i think i would give him something like the unicorn but instead of like destroy mode it would be bankruptcy mode nice you know something he knows a lot about yes. <laughs> was that a self-inflicted attack or something that he uses against somebody else that's when he's it's when he's got his back against the wall he goes to the bankruptcy mode that's what's happening. See, don't, we're getting... don't 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 hurt me. <laughs> we get okay, new suits so, built, man. <laughs> so, bro, uh, carry on. Uh, Mitt mittens. What do you give mittens? Mitt Romney. I just give him a GM because he's just that bland. <laughs> <laughs> not even any special. Not even any special uh, customizations. Oh, man, I, I'd give him. What's that? Uh, I give him like a just something like a reg z or something where you know he he changes but you know it, the chain transformation isn't all that uh all that isn't, isn't all that impressed and all that useful you know it's just it's 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 just a little too little too late <laughs> well what you could do is you give him a cloaking system and you call it offshore haven nice <laughs> well, so he just this- cloaks himself and he appears on some island nation somewhere else to stash a bunch of cash swiss bank attack <laughs> There you go, Swiss bank attack. Yeah, actually, what you get, uh, I, I would give him something, you know, just like uh, the gray, the G3, you know, the RX-78 G3, just the mm-hmm. gray one. But his special attack is a, a super bright thing, like uh, almost like sunlight because he's got such a great tan. <laughs> and uh, Sobro, what about uh, Obama? Obama, uh, man, I, I'm be apt to give him something that does transform that oh, very well like a zeta or something because you know he represented change although uh <laughs> not a lot of change has happened yet but i <laughs> if anything there's the promise that's still there and uh, the zeta always seems promising to me so i give him his his own um plastered in his uh his logo Gosh, with the obama o on it the obama o in there the uh or I give him the uh the double o <laughs> for representing his second term if, if if possible but uh i guess we'll see how that plays out uh, hopefully, I'm not um, hilariously. Oh, uh, Setsuna wanted to change a lot, so that that would be that would be there fitting. You go. There you go. What is it? Since he did appear in the anime, yes, he did. <laughs> Double yeah, he Obama. Wasn't there. We all, yeah, we he all wasn't know there. about him showing up there, so you <laughs> could swipe it. So, Neo, what do you give uh, the Donald? Oh, I already said. Oh, the bankruptcy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but what is what does his Gundam look it's, like? What is it's it's a unicorn. It's just a unicorn, and it goes into bankruptcy mode. And instead of and you know, it's just um, it just has like uh, in, you know where the the vents come up. It just says like no cash. You know, like an old old register, like no cash or no sale. <laughs> and uh, what about mittens? Yeah, I said the uh, the G three with a special sunlight uh, tanning attack. Nice. So. <laughs> I'm trying to think with Obama though. Oh, 
since he loves basketball so much, give him like a gun to Maxter, but it's actually instead of a football player, he's a basketball player that uses a surfboard. There you hey, go, man. Oh. NCAA <laughs> plastered on does, the side. Does he have magnums still? Yeah, yeah, he's got that. I mean, And uh, instead of a football helmet, does he have like a LeBron headband? Yeah, he's got a headband. Beam headband? Beam headband, yeah, pretty much. And a basketball, a, 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 a laser basketball for a no, bas- no, the basketballs come off the shoulders. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. There you go. And, and, and his theme music's the Harlem Globetrotters thing. I don't know. <laughs> That's the only thing I can think of with basketball. Sweet Georgia Brown. <laughs> nice. Oh, man. So. All right. Well, that was an utterly bizarre question. Yes. <laughs> but amusing. Very creative. So we're going to move on now to the uh, regular old mailbag, which you can submit questions to in the Mechatalk subform for Gundam. And our first question comes from uh, an Australian criminal, Vent Noir, who says, given your passion for Sorbet, I have to ask this. Well, please specify that that's Neo who has the passion for Sorbet. Because <laughs> we're you heathens who don't, who don't uh, believe in it as much as he does. His banus. He says... I don't know if you guys watch any of that guy with the glasses videos, but in Nostalgia Chick's top 10 guilty pleasures, she mentions, she mentions that she believes that Michael Bay is changing filmmaking in the way that George Lucas did with the original Star Wars trilogy. Do you agree? And would this be a good thing? Neo. I've, I've, I've actually seen this, this video. And uh, first off, um, why are film students so pretentious? Because the girl at first is like, you know, oh, I shouldn't like any of these cornball movies and stuff because I'm a film student. It doesn't, going to film school doesn't give you a taste. So, <laughs> you know, I, I, we're going to put that for you there. And yes, Michael Bay is changing the way films are done. Think about it. 360 camera. You see that everywhere now. Uh, ridiculously changing uh, with lots of gears and stuff like in Transformers. Yeah, Battleship had it. See how well it worked for it. See? And it's, it's made com- money. Yeah, it's it's coming. <laughs> That's it's, all I could say. And, and, <laughs> yes. And I mean, it's almost, uh, I mean, it, he is having a revolution. You see his camera tricks, his camera, the way he films a movie, the humor, it's all, it's coming in everywhere. I get, I haven't seen the dark Knight yet, but I guarantee it's, I guarantee it's got lots of bay shots in it. It has to. <laughs> it's because, uh, Christopher Nolan stole that stuff in dark Knight. in, in the dark Knight, There was plenty of, uh, Michael Bay scenes in that, in that movie. Bay, Bay-esque type shots. Yes. There, there are a little bit. I, I'd have to say some of the set pieces do when it comes down to it for that movie. Uh, it, 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 the, it yeah. They take they take some cues from Michael Bay, but and, so do and, a lot of directors. And, the, and he there. uses and he uh, they used actual pyro and and really blew up stuff, unlike a lot of CG because that, that's a that's a that's a trademark of Sir Bay. I mean, yes, Transformers there was a lot of CG because of the robots and stuff, but uh, when he blows up stuff, that's usually a real explosion. So nine times out of ten, that's that's real. That's real explosives, real pyro being used. So. Copious amounts of pyro. Yes. So he is changing the world, and it'll be a better world for us. I mean, so, I mean, he he needs to be he needs to be exalted, just like uh, Spielberg or some of these other guys, um, you know, these directors, because uh, he is changing the game, and uh, people like Chris and Solbro, they 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 better they better get on board because they're going to get left behind. We better smarten the, up, yo. The revolution has come. <laughs> 
All right, Solbro. Michael Bay has added a lot when it comes to action. Um, when it comes to the way set pieces are done and made and uh, the choreography behind them, he's amazing. Uh, when when it comes down to his set pieces for Transformers, where you know you can possibly have <laughs> Transformers there on the scene when they're filming it, he's he's very good. Him and his team are very good at laying out um, what's going to happen. You know, after they finish filming, and has a he has he's got a very visual mindset when it comes to laying out how his set pieces are. I admire him for it. Uh, there's quite a bit of his movies I've enjoyed, and um, I do think he's added a lot when it comes to how an action scene should be done. Bad Boys Two is definitely a study in um, how how you do a lot of a, a lot of really great set pieces. Even the first Transformers, very well done. I I even like the third one where the 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 set pieces at the end really really help to set things off for that movie but um yeah I, I can't deny that michael bay has 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 definitely left his mark on on when it comes to the big action summer blockbuster and a lot of directors have taken cues from him since so i, I can't deny that at all i will agree that bay is good with set pieces but i think that's sort of a uh, double-edged sword because mm-hmm. this is not just something that that he's done but it's been a trend in hollywood for the last 10 or 15 years that action movies have um been set pieceified yeah meaning that uh you just have these spectacular battles and all this sort of shit and everything that happens in between is just filler to link together these set pieces that's his problem um you you watch you watch some old movies like um go back and watch raiders of the lost ark Mm -hmm. a quintessential action movie that has a great story very well done characters they don't they literally do not make movies like that anymore because it's all just about what sort of bland 20 something actors can you get and you know how mega huge can you have uh these battle scenes and link them together and um you know just look at the results movies like um battleship or uh revenge of the fallen That is true. I mean, but he did rebound, uh, and I, I give him I give him uh, credit for that. But yeah, the age of the age of the movies like uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, or uh, or even Die Hard, the original Die Hard, those days are gone. <laughs> or look at Cannon uh, of the Crystal Skull. Oh, oh no! Oh man! You know, action movies these days ha- in America have just become ways to link set pieces, which is why I would recommend to anyone, if you have not seen this movie, and this goes to you guys as well, mm-hmm. watch, uh, it's coming out on, on Blu-ray here pretty soon, a uh, Malaysian movie called The Raid Redemption. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but I've been wanting to. This is an amazing movie. It's about a uh, SWAT team who... Um, go on this raid of this uh, run-down apartment building mm-hmm. that is owned by a drug lord and is full of tenants and all of his um, goons. And as soon as they go in, everything goes south, and you have these uh, gunfights. You have freaking crazy martial arts of uh, this local variety there in mm-hmm. Malaysia that's being used. I forget the name of it. Um, not explosion heavy. There's only a few explosions here and there, but the fight scenes are so crazy. The way that they're shot, the way that they're staged, the uh, the star of the movie is a master martial artist and was also the martial arts coordinator for that movie. Uh-huh. Fantastic movie, even more so when you read that the entire movie, this action-packed fest, was made for $1 million. Yeah, and here's the kicker about that. The movie they, they really wanted to do, they couldn't afford to do. 
So they did this instead. <laughs> and uh, the next movie that they're doing is supposed to be, I don't know if it's a prequel or a sequel, but it's supposed to take place in the prison. It's and... going to be a sequel mm-hmm. uh, to this one. Right. And it, th- this movie they're doing now is the movie they wanted to do. And and the biggest thing about this movie that really kills me is that the director is not even Asian. He's, uh, I believe he's, uh, I don't, I, I don't want to say an American, but he's definitely a foreigner outside of, uh, he's Welsh. This film. He's and, Welsh. uh, correction, uh, the rate, it's, it's an Indonesian movie, not, mm-hmm. not Malaysian. Also, it's, it's from the, it's from the, it's from the same, pretty much the same region as, uh, what, Tony Jaw and whatnot. Um, it's Thailand. Uh, Thailand. Uh, uh, the, just, yeah uh, if, if anything I, i've been dying to see this movie I've, I've heard a lot of reviews for it and it sounds like a, a complete blast man and well it comes out on blu-ray in the u.s next month hell so yes check it out it's uh it's a great movie it's actually gonna be remade as an american movie and i'm sure it'll be made remade for tons 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 more money mm-hmm. and be uh and suck balls <laughs> It, 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 it like it'll be um, inversely proportional. The the budget of this movie will be import, inversely proportional to how bad it is. Yeah. <laughs> so it'll cost way more than the original, but be way worse. <laughs> I, I I have a feeling that's that's exactly what's going to be the case. Starring Jason Statham. Oh. You had to go and cast him. Has to be in everything. <laughs> Every action movie is Jason Statham driving and shooting things. Ugh. No, but seriously, check out check out the Raid Redemption. That that it's it's shameful that we Americans don't know how to make action movies anymore that aren't just mega huge 200 and 250 million dollar affairs that have uh, tons of explosions and tons of bad looking CG and really expensive actors. So the fact the fact that a Welsh guy made in Indonesia a movie that just totally shows up us and the kind of movies we used to do I think is a wake up call for action directors of America. We've lost our way. You got you got schooled. <laughs> Absolutely. So, moving on, our next question comes from I moved off the page. What was I thinking? <laughs> Oops. Anyway, Give me one second here, and here it's, we. It's the it's the foul yeah, sorceress. Yes, <laughs> the foul sorceress who says, as a spinoff of the above question, what do you consider to be your guilty pleasure movies and anime? Wow, I don't think I can answer this and not be embarrassed. That's the point. <laughs> come on, come on. Oh man, um. Guilty pleasure is anime. Anime, um. Hmm. I would really like to know what Solbro considers a guilty pleasure. I don't know. I, I I guess I haven't watched it in ages, but I I did enjoy going through my run of Sailor Moon years ago. Um, yeah, it's not really a guilty season. pleasure, though. Hey, it's not made. It's not wasn't yeah. made for me. <laughs> yeah, but I don't I don't see that as a guilty pleasure because that's that's kind of everybody knows Sailor Moon and it it's it's yeah, not like too mainstream to be a guilty. Yeah, pleasure. I mean, you if you're so? a guy and you say I like Sailor Moon, that's people not, aren't gonna they're not gonna laugh at you. Nah, that's come on. Just, you gotta dig. You gotta dig a little deeper. Well, would you consider Ozum? Would you consider Azamaga Dio a guilty pleasure? I love that show. I no. and, and it wasn't made for me. Damn, damn, I'm striking out. Uh, <laughs> Everybody loves Azamaga Dio. That's a guilty oh, yeah, pleasure. I, damn, guilty pleasure is something that's bad. Bad, huh? Um, but you like even though it's bad. Damn, son. Um, I don't. I, it, the thing, I got stuff it. I watched. Go ahead. I, go ahead, I, Neil. I, um, uh, probably if uh, 
crap, I just forgot. <laughs> nice going, guys. Oh, my God. Uh, damn. Um, All right, I'll answer, and then I'll see if you sorry sack of losers have something to, to contribute. Okay, go ahead. So for anime, uh, I would say etchy stuff like Queen's Blade. That's definitely a guilty pleasure. Mm-hmm. I know it's stupid. I watch it for the boobs, and I admit it. Well, I can't deny that. <laughs> as far as movies, uh, zombies. I am a zombie freak. I love zombie everything. And if I'm about to go to bed at 3 a.m. and I see there's some shitty zombie movie on, I have to watch it. What's wrong with you? <laughs> no matter how Zomb- bad said movie is, I have mm-hmm. to watch it. Zombies make my skin crawl, man. I can't even hang with that. I, 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 I can watch The Walking Dead, though. I'm surprised at myself at that. But most of the time, that genre of film, I just can't deal. I can't deal with that stuff. I, my imagination's too vivid, and I'll go to sleep dreaming that shit. You, you would be the first to die in a rictatorship. <laughs> a rictatorship? Oh, no way. Okay, well, so any of you chumps have anything, or are we moving on? I guess a guilty pleasure for me is, uh, I guess, I mean, not everybody likes this genre, but I, I love sports anime. Uh, it doesn't matter what it is. I, if it's about sports and competition, okay, but again, I'm freaking there. Sport, it's sports anime. There's good sports anime, so it has to be something that is bad that you See, like, despite it being bad. Y'all shooting down everything I'm throwing at you. Um, I, I don't, I can't think of anything that's bad that I, I, I love that, uh, is film wise or, or, or anime wise. Um. That, that you know other people wouldn't touch with a ten foot pole. That's Mortal, the thing. Mortal, Mortal Kombat. I'll answer for you. Street Fighter the anime. <laughs> yeah. You mean the Street Fighter Two V? Oh, I hate that shit. Oh, you, there you, you go. About? That's your guilty pleasure. Oh man, whatever. <laughs> now the animated movie is the shit, and I, I, I'll defend that all day long. But um, yeah, the the anime you can keep that man. Street Fighter hasn't had the greatest track record on adaptions, uh, adaptations. So you know, I, I I'll be I'll be quick to call a spade a spade, man. I'm cool with that. But the Fatal right. Fury movie is stupid, but I like watching it. So you know what? That's I, a guilty I, pleasure too. Now that you say a, that, I like that's that a pretty too. dumb. That's a pretty dumb movie they annoy me but i can't help but watch them because that's all there is when it comes to fatal fury um you know terry meets a girl girl dies terry avenges the girl it's like come on now (laughs) it's the same story for every one of these (laughs) and um yeah i I still can't help but watch them because it's obari so you know obari draws i love his art style it's it's boobalicious you could have just said obari because he makes so many bad things that would have answered this question like 10 minutes ago Hey, you know what? He, he makes good things too. Like uh, I love. But David he also Oregon. makes bad things. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. It's like <laughs> I just Whatever, mentioned. Wait, I just mentioned uh, sports uh, anime, and that was the answer. So, well, okay, all right. We'll move on to the next question. I don't think you understand <laughs> the issue here. One of these days, I'm sure a guilty pleasure of mine will show up. I'm sorry I didn't have one at the ready. All right. Next, we have Angel Wing Zero, who says, "Got a Gundam Wing question." Now that I've read some of Glory of the Losers, which set of designs do you guys like better for the Wing Gundams—the basically invincible, infinite ammo Okawara TV versions, or maybe the more militaristic Toki versions that switch their equipment to suit their mission, which also eventually upgrade to the Endless Waltz versions? Uh, I would definitely say that I like the Katoki redesigns for the original five better. They just, in every respect, they all look better. Yeah, yeah. In especially out of the especially, <laughs> the Wing Gundam. Oh yeah. The Wing Gundam looks so much better, so much leaner, so much more awesome than the uh, 
sort of just generic chubster that uh, <laughs> was the TV version. I, I know when it comes down to it, uh, I, I, I like the Kotoku versions overall, but there's something about the Endless Waltz versions that I, I admire too. They're not the most practical, especially the wing gun, the wing zero. Oh my God, those the Bell Dandy, the Bell Dandy wings. Those don't make any sense, but <laughs> but um, it's something gorgeous about those that I, I I like the designs of those. But um, if I had to if I had to pick one, uh, I would definitely go with Katoki. Yeah, I'd say the same thing. I mean, it, it, there is something about those endless waltz ones, especially like you know um, the death scythe because it looks like it's uh, touring with Kiss. I mean, it's like the Kiss Gundam, and um, yeah, it, every time the Wing Gundam would fly, it would uh, it would do that little swooping thing, and then like it's losing feathers. How does a how does a metal <laughs> how do metal wings <laughs> lose their wings? I don't understand that, but whatever. And, but it still couldn't help Sandrock. I mean, it helped. It looked a little bit better, but the Endless Walls just couldn't help Sandrock. <laughs> so. It was always the odd one out of the bunch. Yeah. All right. Next, we have Dai Gundam Lagan, who says, Have you guys heard or checked out Shoji Kawamori's AKB48? If you haven't, it's about an idol group starring the actual members of the idol group AKB48 performing around the universe in a time when most entertainment is banned and it has mecha in it. What I want to ask is, what are your thoughts on the show, given if you have watched it? If you haven't watched it, would this be something you guys would maybe check out in the near future? And finally, like- have you ever even thought of connecting this even a little with Macross, of course, given if you have seen it? If this is red, thank you, guys. Keep up the good work. Idol singers and robots? Who the hell would want to watch that crap? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really. That, that is just the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. I would don't not don't think it would work. That is a surefire, sure, surefire failure. Yeah. <laughs> it's untested formula, man. Untested. <laughs> we'll never but do good. I haven't seen it, so I can't really comment on it. I mean, have you have you seen any bit of it, Chris? I mean, it's Shoji Kawamori and it's music in Mecca, so yeah, uh, but it's AKB48. AKB48. I've never even heard of this group, let alone it, their music. So it's the it, there's this thing in Japan of these uh, manufactured pop idol groups that have oh, yeah. like a zillion girls in them, mm-hmm. and they're all 48s, and the they're all different parts of Japan, and they all have like 48 members each, hence the 48. Jeez. So this is manufactured pop group to a new level. So that alone, I like no seriously. I like Macross and all, but that's just a step too far. Yeah, <laughs> that's just too dumb. No interest in that really. Next we have Haro Meister who says hi. I'm probably the only listener of Gundam here in the Philippines. Oh. Anyway, my question is: if you were to pick a Gundam show to be adapted into a live action movie, what would it be? I'm thinking that Double O is probably the most realistic of them all. Thanks for this awesome podcast, and please invite Austin more often. Oh, man, another vote for Austin. Sure, uh, I'll go with uh, with uh, Double O. Why not? She Gundam. Uh, I mean, it, when it comes down to the most realistic Gundam, uh, when, you, when you consider an uh, 8th MS team? Well, it's probably... not, the, the question is not which is the most realistic to adapt it to. Which what do you want? Yeah. Way to pay well, attention, Soul Bro. Well, the show that I would want to be ad- ad- adapted, um, Unicorn. No, wait. What? Yeah, of course. No, no. <laughs> Gunpla Builders. Gunpla Builders. Nah. Okay, that would be. Uh, you could. You SD made that Gundam a sitcom. <laughs> Last Blitz is Eon. I would like G Gundam. I don't know why. It's just there's a. It'll be the hardest one to do and the hardest one to sell. 
but it'd be the challenge that I would like to see taken. Um, it would if 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 it's it would just be fantastic if it was done right. No, the hardest one to sell would be turn A still. Oh, <laughs> that'd be the hardest one to sell. <laughs> It'll always hold that. <laughs> It always, it always holds that WTF factor to it. Mm-hmm. So immediately after Haromeister's question, Gundam420 writes, no, you're not the only one. So there you go. Confirmed two Filipino listeners we have. Hell yeah, man. What's up, Philippines? I talk to y'all every day at my job. <laughs> but yeah, it's good to know that we got listeners out there, man. Keep, up the, hey, keep, keep it up and get other listeners to check us out, too. Thank y'all. Keep up the listening. Keep up the listening. <laughs> All right, next we have a pair of questions from EA Net Dude who says, I don't remember any discussion about Outlaw Star. I just started watching it this month after happily putting on my nostalgia glasses with Toonami's return. I'm really digging the enthusiastic characters and art style. What does the Gundam crew think of this series? Did you catch it during the Toonami era? Please skip this if you've already discussed it. Uh, no, we've never discussed it. We've mentioned it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, it's a great show. My first exposure to it was in the tsunami days with the hilarious censorship. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a much different show when you finally saw it uh, uncut, huh? Yes. Well, well, here's the thing, though. They tried to get away with as much as they could, though, with the airing of Outlaw Star. I remember it came on around six, and there was a kind of a gray area where they could get away with more. They showed blood. Uh, they showed violence that would normally be cut out of. They did not shows. show blood. They edited, They they photoshopped the blood out of that show. They did. Yeah. But didn't, didn't they show blood like tra- trailing from a character's lip? Like uh, to me, it was that was pretty significant because if they did. It's because they they messed up. Yeah. Well, I mean, the fact that it, it, they edited I, I, out blood in almost every instance in that show. I I remember I remember at least seeing that much, and that was that was that was real really jarring to me because usually they would edit that out soon. And um, yeah, it, it, it was it was it was pretty it was pretty wild to see that show air on Toonami, and uh, it was my first exposure to it too. I, I now own it on DVD, and I've watched it uncut. And I remember when um, there were several attempts to air it on Adult Swim uncut as well. So um, it 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 was. It, I know we got skipped the f- one one particular episode because of all the fan service in it um, during its initial run, the one where they go to the hot springs before they go to the final battle. And finally getting to see that episode, that, that episode is pretty funny and a lot of fun, too. So, um, yeah, I love that series. I think it's great. Uh, I, I love the sense of adventure. And it's, to me, one of the, the top three series when it comes to space westerns. And it's funny because all those series came out at the same time. Uh, Trigun, uh, Outlaw Star, and then Cowboy Bebop to, 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 to be the end-all, be-all one. But Outlaw Star is definitely a, a, a great series to watch. And I, I, I encourage anyone to check it out. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> Thank you for that insightful commentary, Neo. Uh, I mean, it's good. Because, we even talk about it though, because it's um, is it really Mecha? Even though the 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 ships have arms, God, what they what are they called again? Grappler ships. Grappler, Grappler ships. ships. Yeah. Cowboy Bebop wasn't Mecha, but we talked about it anyway. I I I I would almost consider the show honorary Mecha. It's got elements of it in there. there he also go. says, "P.S. Oh wait, that's that's the uh, that's the next question." <laughs> His second question is, regarding mecha anime tropes, have there been any tropes that have been invented in the past decade that have seemed to catch on somewhat? Um, not invented in the past decade, but I see more and more the harem mecha situation where you have yes. uh, groups of girls piloting stuff and there's just one dude in there in that group. Yeah. <laughs> the soccer wars equivalent. <laughs> 
you see this in in not quite mecha shows like Infinite Stratos. Uh, it's definitely used in uh, Eureka Seven AO right mm. now. So that that's one that's catching on and uh, annoys me. Um, I, I know the Mastermind uh, is not a trope that's been invented, but um, has been featured in in a lot of anime, mecha anime as of recently, like uh, Code Geass. Um, you know, going way back to uh, Outlaw, not Outlaw Star, but uh, Gun and Wing with uh, characters like Trace. Um, but yeah, that's a that's a trope I, I I do enjoy seeing is that one masterful character that's got everything mapped out, and uh, it's not a trope I ever get sick of. Um, but just seeing tropes reinvented is 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 a cool thing, and uh, when you see that happen, it's it's a it's a very rare circumstance that I I do enjoy seeing in anime. Hmm. All right, and next our final question comes from Yokozuna Bulldozer. Oh, says hello in all caps. <laughs> Aside from the Zoid series, I cannot recall a lot of mecha shows that have non-humanoid mechas as the main feature. Can you guys remember any shows where non-humanoid mecha were the main focus? And if so, which one did you guys like? Also, what type of non-humanoid mecha would you guys like to see as a protagonist's weapon of choice in the future? P.S. Thanks for picking my question regarding the Char Custom. Here are a few other Char Customs I found after listening, and he links to a Char Custom scooter, Zaccarello, and Tank. Awesome. I can't think of any um, shows where non-humanoid mecha are the stars. Yeah, I don't... Other than Zoids? Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, because they're, they're always going to have the two arms and two legs, it seems <laughs> like. Um, yeah. All I can think of is if shows that combined into giant robots like uh, Don Cougar and um, uh, Go Lion and, and things like that, where, you know, you do have mecha that are not non-human, that are non-humanoid. But they could they also transform even into before, but even before, com- at least in Dan Cougar, all of those animal mecha could transform into small humanoid modes and then combine into Dan Cougar. So even then, they're not primarily animal weapons. But it was interesting that in that show, initially, they were all locked. So when they all started out, they only had the animal modes. And then eventually, they unlocked the humanoid modes for each of their mecha. And then almost halfway into the show is when they actually first combine into dan cougar so wow so that's kind of interesting yes it does so that <laughs> good lord <laughs> that could kind of make that one count a little bit but otherwise um i can't think of anything else the only other thing i can think of and it's a stretch is the mysterious cities of gold <laughs> that's it where the the mecca that um the kids piloted was like a giant gold bird um <laughs> and that's really reaching <laughs> but and, uh yeah. weapon of choice in the future i would like to see a dragon would you know? Not 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 like that low rent dragon that's in uh, Age. Mm-hmm. Talking about a real freaking dragon, and it has flamethrower mouth, and uh, it shoots you know beams out of its eyes. And just give me a, a freaking dragon. Yeah, Holy space shit, space dragon. A Dragon Age dragon, but mecha. A mecha dragon. Just have it the, wreck everything. And it ha- let it have the voice of Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh yeah. <laughs> that would make it even better. As it's wrecking shit, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Redefine the bionic elbow. <laughs> Except that wasn't his move. <laughs> but yeah, man, that sounds awesome. Um, gosh, what would mine? I, I don't know. I, I for my uh, non-humanoid mecha, I would probably go. I, I've got an affinity for the, the, the Voltron lion, so I'd probably go for something like that, a, a cat of some sort. Um, something just silly looking, man. It would be great. <laughs> but, Neo, I, I, any, any, go ahead. 
Angry Bird. Angry Bird, there you go. That's the word. Then, sir, uh, perhaps you should uh, see Angry Zakus. Yeah. Is, that a, is that a game? No, that's just an amusing image that someone came up with. That's I gotta find that. Of uh, ang- Angry Zaku and Dome Heads, and uh, the main red Angry Bird is uh, the head of uh, Shar Zaku. Nice. <laughs> with, with the antenna. Also, oh, gotta have the I'm antenna. Sure it's, it's probably been posted on the Gundam Facebook group, but I'm sure if you if you Google Angry Zakus and go to images, you'll find it instantly. I am already on it. <laughs> That's freaking awesome. And uh, oh, lo and behold, Angry Zaku, very first thing that that uh, you, you Google. You get. <laughs> I'm looking at it right now. This is too funny, isn't it? What? Look at this. It's too awesome. The Angry Zakus. <laughs> Should be angry. Good stuff. So, Gene and Venom in there. <laughs> the Tri Stars. <laughs> yeah. Goya. Ortega. Play with just, me, boy. I just love the English dub, though, of MSG with the freaking black dry stars. Ortega. It's like, my Well, God. ain't no stepping stool, boy. Yeah. It's like, are they from, like, the, the, the hills of West Virginia or something? I mean, The geez. hills of West Zion. <laughs> Must be. Or the... Uh, or the or the one part where the you remember when they um they fly the plane into the white base and you know they're they're protect they're pretending that they're like uh with the the fishing uh fleet he's like don't say anything with your they'll notice your zeon accent and he's got like just bad like german accents <laughs> <laughs> okay i was like oh my gosh that uh, that will wrap up this mailbag and also this episode with it so gentlemen any closing comments that you want to make no i know uh, i definitely would like to give uh i mentioned it earlier but um if you are ever at the uh, the Mecha Talk forums, uh, check out the thread that says uh, Gundam Fan Chat. Uh, the second episode for Gundam Fan Chat will be going up soon, and the, these episodes are headed up by uh, one of our listeners, Nasty Nate. Uh, he gets a lot of our listeners together, usually corrals them either from that thread or at the Gundam Facebook group, which you should definitely join up with if you haven't had uh, the chance to do so beforehand, and um, gathers them all together on Skype to uh, talk about Gundam and uh, other, other Gundam-related subjects. Uh, I happen to make an appearance on uh, the most recent episode and uh, as soon as that episode becomes available, I'll, I'll definitely be posting it up uh, in the links for this episode here uh, for Gundam at MAHQ. And before this episode comes to a close, we here on Gundam relay our thoughts and heartfelt meditations to all the victims of the July 20th shootings in Aurora, Colorado. The people that lost their lives, those that were injured, the families and friends of those directly affected, and every person who this terrible act has also touched around the nation and the world. For many that were victimized in this incident, there's not just an emotional and physical toll, but a financial toll as well. Not only can you support the people involved emotionally, but you can also donate to these charities that are helping to relieve the high medical costs of the victims by visiting these websites, coloradocrimevictims.org and givingfirst.org. Look for these links on the post for this episode at Gundam.net and Mechatalk.net. Speaking of which, when you have a minute, visit our websites. Head on over where the magic happens. M-A-H-Q.net. That's the Mecha and Anime headquarters. Also, you can check out Gundam's main website at Gundam.net. That's right, it's spelled as it sounds. Also, you can find us on iTunes, Facebook, 
and other forms of social networking. If you look for those links, you'll find them at Gundam.net as well. After listening to this episode, you should definitely check out Chaos Theater. And you can find it by going to chaostheater.blogspot.com. A jack-of-all-trades otaku podcast hosted by MAHQ and Gundam's own Chris Guanche and our favorite pedal bear south, Pedro Cortez. And back to you, Chris. All right, so that will wrap up this train wreck of a show, as it always does, and we'll be back next time with more robot crap. You've been listening to Gundam at MHQ. Greatest saga of all time was ruined by this film. From the billion dollar jowls of George Lucas comes the chance to relive the biggest letdown in movie history in 3D. All the parts you forgot about, like the bureaucratic conversations. The chair has not recognized the senator from the Trade Federation at this time. The racism. so. Natalie Portman's weird robot voice. I will not condone a course of action that will lead us to war. More racism. I was not aware of such failure. And this kind of anti-Semitic thing. Only money in 3D. So strap yourself in and get ready for an hour and a half of people standing in semicircles, council meetings, different council meetings, and sitting just to get to five minutes of cool stuff. Starring Oscar Schindler as Jesus, fake Yoda, and you so remember him, sir. Musa called Jata Binks. This February, George Lucas defiles your childhood for a second time in the third dimension. Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace 3D. Cause George Lucas has to sh** somewhere. Gundam at MAHQ is a Shinjuku Station and MAHQ.net joint. Mom!